gotta be so average? Just some average guys podcast. What's up, people? This is Diggy Metro. And uh, today I am here with uh, my man Jordan. Yo. Jordan used to do uh, a podcast. I don't know if you want to really go in, in depth with uh, yeah, the podcast you used to I'm do. I'm down to talk about anything, bro. All right, yeah. cool. You used to do a podcast named uh, Vagabonds, right? Yep. And uh, that went on for how long? Uh, well, I was on it for a little over two years. And then once I left, it ran about another, I think, seven or eight months. So, like, and almost three years in total. What was that podcast uh, about? It was, uh, you know, your just every day. We like to call it, like, barbershop talk. It was just, you know... Two friends. Well, three. At one point, it was three of us. It was uh, me, my boy Ash, and my friend Jasmine, who joined the podcast a little, like maybe like seven or eight episodes after we started. Um, so it was like just barbershop talk, hip hop talk, sports, just cultural stuff, current events. You know, you're just normal conversation, um, and it was a lot of fun. Any opportunity of, fun. of you getting back into the podcast world yes. outside of here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm actively looking. I mean, we've talked about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It's a passion of mine. Um, I'd like to think I'm good at it. Um, it's a lot of fun, and you know, it's it's a it's a booming business just on a business end. It's smart. Yeah, you know how like you know how people are are constantly talking about like you know how there's now memes. Years ago, there were memes about like yo check out my mixtape, right? And now yeah. there's like memes about being like a podcaster. Yeah. And what I find funny about it is that it's not good to do pod like it's not you it's not easy to be good at podcast. It's not. It's not like people, people try to make it seem like anyone could do this shit. And although anyone could do it, it's not easy to sustain. No, you know what I mean? It's not, it's hard. Um, I think there, there is an art behind it. I think people go into podcasting, especially now since it's it's such a popular, um, thing to do these days. Um, people go into it thinking that it's like, yo, it's like normal conversation or it's just like being in a room full of people talking. No, there's like a real art behind it and you know it takes time to learn and the f- people that started when they first started including myself are usually are really bad at it it yep. sounds awful and same here um it's like little intric- intricacies that like take uh take a while to get used to like talking into the microphone like you know when you're talking you're talking with your hands you're moving you're like over here with yeah. it. you know it, it, there's a lot of things that go into it um even down to like the place where you're recording and you have to find like a really quiet space where there's not a lot of background noise right. because you know you don't hear it while you're doing the podcast cuz you're so focused on the conversation but when you listen back it sounds awful like this is a great setup it's quiet um so this is like a good place conducive for a podcast but there's so many things that go into it so um but it's fun i encourage anybody who who has the the interest in it um uh, people have come to me for advice like um when i was doing my podcast people would always you know were really nice and would say nice things about it. And, you know, and people would let me know, like, it inspired them to start their own podcast. They right. were a little on the edge about it. And they're like, yo, I love your podcast. Um, I'm going to do my own. Like, what do you think? How, should I do it? What? And I'm like, I always encourage people to just go for it because anybody can do it. I mean, there's been random people that you've never heard of in your life that are, like, really successful, popular podcasters. So I just encourage anybody just to go for it. I think the one major thing that people... It's funny because me being uh, a rapper and like a rapper my whole life, you know what I mean? A lot of the stuff that that podcasts kind of entail is the same exact thing that rapping entails. It's like, if you want to get good at rapping, all you have to do is rap. Like, yeah. like consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's guys who try to make like a song once every like three months and, and they consider themselves rappers, yeah, yeah. but they never get good at it because, yeah, you can't take those breaks. It's just like... Like, I always tell rappers, yo, this shit is basketball. Like, you go to the court, you put up shots every day. If you want to get good at the shit, 
you can't put up shots once a month. It's not going to do anything for right. you. You know what I mean? And podcasting is a lot of the same. It's like, you don't even have to really do anything. You just have to podcast. Yeah. Like if you want to get good at it, if you listen to episode one to episode 50 of somebody's podcast, they got better and there was no real training. It's just being comfortable and just doing it consistently. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's with anything in life, you know, with, with you're going to be bad at whatever you do for the first time for nine times out of 10. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Like, all right, you could go to school for some shit. The second you get a job in whatever field you went for, you still suck at the job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No one starts the job and they're just phenomenal at the job. Yeah. Like you have a learning curve to everything. Yeah. And you got to figure it out. Unless fuck you out. have just a God-given talent. You know what I mean? Like, But even then, they're still crafting. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like I could take someone... Bro, there are kids that come in the studio and they're like, yeah, I started rapping like fucking a year ago. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wow, bro. Yeah. You know? But like, even them, you could take them and make them into a greater artist mm -hmm. if you just really like focus them on what they should work on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is just like basketball. Mm -hmm. You could look at raw talent and you could be like, that kid could jump out the gym, but if he could like get a jumper. Yeah. You know, he'll really be nice. Yeah. Like, I, that's, I think people get discouraged by like, we're, we live in such a fast paced era. It's just like, you know, instant gratification. I think people get discouraged when they don't see instant results. And there's a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of people trying to be podcasters. There's a lot of people trying to be rappers, producers, all these things. And, you, you know, not the percentages aren't great. And I feel like people get discouraged by that. But you just have to have the fucking mentality like, you know, what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to live and I'm going to die trying to do this shit. And that's really the only way that you're going to make it. You know? you know what I think fucks us up? I think that where we're from, like, yo, I think that Jersey and New Yorkers, like, we get a lot of shit misconstrued based on our location and how many fucking people are here. Yeah. So we're constantly thinking that, like, the world works like this. Like, like yo, the world is mad expensive. Yo, apartments are mad expensive. And you can move to, like, Texas and that shit is, like, a third of the price. And even with, like, taking a creative passion, if you go anywhere else, there's not that many people competing with you. Yeah. But when you're here, like, yo, I have a podcast. You have a podcast. The next person has a podcast. It's like a hundred podcasts. And you're like, why the in fuck like is a, everyone in like a, creative? In like a fucking 60 mile radius. Right. Yeah. But you have to consider that like, yo, we're next to the creative hub of like the world. <laughs> yeah. You know what I also mean? Also like, the biggest fucking city yeah, in the world. Yeah. Like we're, I mean? we're next to the creative hub of the world. This yeah. in like LA, like where is there more like acting slash mm. singing slash this slash mm. that going on art you know everywhere yeah and and so like i think that we kind of misconstrue shit because of our location that we just think like oh yo there's mad people podcasting all over but like mm. if you're in ohio i would i would think that there's less podcasters yeah Chances you know what are, i mean they are less podcasters it's just it's just weird we have to like kind of like get through that because yo, know, being from jersey i feel like like for me it's always looking at new york seeing all the the artist in New York and then feeling like we're kind of like overshadowed. Right. And even artists that try to become a uh, bigger artist out of New Jersey. Well, we are overshadowed. Let's not, let's not. For sure. Yeah. But, but I hate when artists like in order to become big, they start calling themselves New York artists. I hate that. You know, I, I like, that's that. the worst thing to I me. That. Like I understand it. Cause yeah. like from a business standpoint, it, it mm. could make sense. Yeah. But still it's like, there's no real pride in doing anything in New Jersey. Right. Like when people make it, they go straight to New York. Yeah. They're, and and for business, again, like or I understand LA. that. Yeah. yeah. But it's just weird. And and with Jersey being as overpopulated as it is, mm -hmm. I think it's discouraging to take up any creative passion here because you're so used to there being so many people, you know? Yeah. And there's so many new people. Like, you know, you start and you feel like you're new. And then before you know it, two months later, there's like a, a 
20 new people that you just within your circles if you're in that circle because the, the, the creative circle in New Jersey at least because that's where I spend majority of my time is so fucking small it's like everybody knows everybody if you're rapping if you're producing in New Jersey like you have at least met them once or you've heard about them you've heard their music you've been in a session with them like it's so small you've at least so that seen community their name conti- cross you yeah that yeah. that that, that, that the, the circle continues to grow as the months pass because it's such a small community and you just keep feeling like you're smaller and smaller and smaller and people get discouraged I see it all the time bro I see it all the time. Like, shout out to the innovators. That's my team. They have a studio in Hoboken. And then you couldn't tell you how many guys I see there. And then I never see them again. Yeah. Well, I think that rappers do this thing, uh, specifically rappers, do this thing where they work really hard on their first project. That shit drops and does no numbers whatsoever because they don't know promotion tactics. They don't know anything. They're nice. Dead nice. They could be the nicest mm -hmm. rapper of all time. But the second that it drops and no one fucks with it or no one is like, like saying it's the greatest thing that ever happened or there's not a million streams, mm-hmm. they just give up. Yeah. Because they, they thought the shit was easy. Yeah. You know, and, and they also see, I feel like they see other people that are less talented than them that they think like, yo, I rap better than that guy or I'm flyer than him. I got better beats than him, but he's popping though. So they think, oh, you know, they get discouraged by that. It's all discouragement. And I think it just knocks people off their square and they shouldn't be that way. Well, the funny, the funny thing is like, you don't know someone's circumstances. So like, I've seen in my lifetime artists that I go, how the fuck is that person popping? And then you find out like their uncle is like someone at a label. And then you find out like they're fan, like they're mad rich and they have money to promote them. And they, so it's like, you know, the people that you're getting discouraged by are probably like, they probably have like some handouts coming yeah, yeah. and you're getting it from the mud. So it's like, I understand why you're discouraged, but at the same time, you can't let that kind of like kill your dreams. Yeah. Like you can't have fragile dreams when it comes to this shit. Comparing yourself to other people when you're trying to in any in any walk of life or any sense of just life, I think is just poisonous. It just it makes no sense. Like you said, you don't know their circumstances. Especially in this day and age with social media, people love to paint this pic- perfect picture that their life is amazing and right. And it's it's not. It's Nobody's, all highlights. No, yeah, That's it's all why. highlights. You know, mm-hmm. they don't show you the ugly underbelly of what's going on in their life or yeah. whatever circumstances they have. So. I always tell people, like, um, I know people that get discouraged by that, by comparing themselves to people and, you know, their peers or people that they deem to be their peers. And it's like, oh, but this person's in this position and I feel like I should be there. And it's like, yo, you're wasting time thinking about that other person when you right. can just take that energy and put it towards yourself. I mean, it's be- it's easier said than done, of course, because if it was that easy, they wouldn't be doing it. But I just always try to, <clears throat> if I can, if they come to me in 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 that position and they have they feel that way, I always kind of just try to redirect them and just center and be like, listen, there's no there's no point comparing yourself and looking at other people's success is going to do nothing for you, but depress you and make you like not want to do the shit. Yeah, I had to ask an artist that I used to manage uh, recently. I asked him, um, "Do you love music as much as you think you love music?" And I was like, "Take some time to think about that. Don't question. just answer it like right off the bat." That's I'm like, question. "Do you love it the way that you think you love it?" You know, because with me, and this happens with all creatives, I feel like people are very excited by the idea of it. But the second that you see the work that has to, like, I know I love the studio business because there's times where I'm doing Instacart and fucking grocery shopping for people just so I could keep it alive. You know, like, it's super easy for me to go get another job. Mm -hmm. Like, that would be super simple. But the the fact is like i know that this is a business that could feed my children one day and continue to feed generation after generation so 
I'm willing to like kind of eat shit for a little bit just to see this this live and yeah, grow. Yeah. And I think that when an artist gives up on their shit too quick, it's kind of like, okay, you don't love this shit the way you think you love it. Mm-hmm. Because if you loved it, bro, like that little setback wouldn't have done anything to you. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like you would have let that go. Because, you know, I, I've been rapping for mad long and there have been ups and downs. And there's been times where I thought it was going to take off and then it doesn't. And now yeah. you're back at square one. Yeah. I've been signed to a little deal. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, bro, literally everything. Mm-hmm. And every single time I continued. I don't know if that just speaks to me as a person. Yeah. Because I know that there are people that just built different. Yeah. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but it's more or less like I can't allow something to kill my dreams if, if they're my dreams. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. But if they're not my dreams, and I maybe just had the idea that they were my dreams. They're easy to kill. It's easy to kill. Yeah. And yeah. you could go and live a regular fucking life mm-hmm. and be super happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I think that all creatives as a whole, even if you're about to do a podcast, like you have to ask yourself, like, do you love this shit enough to really like not die for it, but close to, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you love it enough to be broke for a little bit? Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that I'm, there's a lot of people that don't. I yeah. think there's a lot of people that think they do. And it's because, it, yo, it's the cool shit, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, do it for the look and because it seems like a good idea, but you don't really realize how much work it, work it takes. And yeah, once and, you get when that reality check, it's like, that's really when you figure out if this is what you want to do or not. It's also amazing that so many people think that there's all this money in the shit, you know? Yeah. So I think that they're doing it. Like, I know for a fact, there's kids that come here and they're like, yo, you think that, like, if I do this video shoot and I do this and I do that, it'll, like, blow? And I'm like, one, like, that's not, I I couldn't tell you that. Yeah, like, right, that's yeah. not, that's not like a guaranteed thing for anyone. You know, you could do everything in the world and it might not blow. Yeah. But I think that there's some people that just do the shit because they think it's quick money. And I think that once you recognize that there's no quick money in life, mm-hmm. you just, unless you're selling drugs. Right, you know what I right, mean? Like, right. like everything that could put you behind bars, that's, that's quick, quick money. Right. But outside of that. There's no quick money in something that's that's passion driven. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like the people that get into it for a money grab that recognize that like 90% of rappers are broke, mm-hmm. then it's just like not as enticing anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know? There's not a lot of money in the music business unless, you know, you're in the one, two percent. Yeah. Um, the rest of them are, are struggling. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed the last year or so, but there's been a lot less flexing on Instagram this year. Well, this, yeah, this, especially this, this with last, touring gone. The last 24, the last, you know, 15 months have been even yeah 15 because around january it stopped and yeah it's 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 tough it's a tough yeah, like you said no touring and you know niggas don't be having their paperwork right so you're not seeing any streaming money so there's a lot of rappers that are struggling right now but nonetheless if this is your dream you know you go for it and you know roll with the punches that's it what do you think is going to happen to the music industry going forward uh, when do you like, think do you money mean, comes it, back? As far as, all right, so like Fauci uh, just came out the other day and said that in fall there will be um, events back on and there will be concerts probably, mm-hmm. right? So do you think that people are as willing to just get back into the shits? I know that- Artists or-, or No, 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 or just like people, people in general. In general. Like, like, all right, cool. So coronavirus is now like dissipating and they start- opening back up venues to have yeah. shows and shit. Yeah. Do you think that Americans are just willing to rush back to the venues? Yes, 100%. That scares me. That yeah. doesn't scare you? It does, but I think that's definitely what they'll yeah. do. I mean, they're doing it now. I mean, 
these these artists are you know people are taking in Atlanta they taking they're doing concerts in Atlanta I mean they're not in big venues but they're packing clubs up and enough people to fill a small venue um so it's happening literally right now we're not even close to the end of the shit so yeah if they if you know the government or whoever they approve to like yo we're opening up shit like how it used to be yeah people will be up in there for sure and I don't think any artist would hesitate at that opportunity I mean there's a lot of niggas that's starving right now so um I think that and like you said there's no money there's very little money unless you're in the one top two percent in streaming and you have a really good record deal or you're you know independent you're just taking all the money yourself um so people are gonna jump at that opportunity to do shows and shit. Like I said, they're still they're already doing it now. So we'll see what happens. But it is scary. It is scary. And then, you know, I saw um I think this was like over the summer in uh it was somewhere overseas. I think it it might have been in England in England. They were doing like quarantine concerts. So they had like little like little sections like boxed out for like six or seven people to kind of like you know, sit down together and watch the show. And I thought that was a cool idea. I don't think that'll ever happen here, but, like, I thought it was, like, pretty cool. They looked like they were having fun, so I don't know why we wouldn't adopt something like that. My hope was that, like, after coronavirus kind of died down, that people would go about life, daily life, differently as far as just being cleaner, as far as just, like, being more cautious. Like, yo, it's crazy to me that a lot of us have been sick and gone to work before this shit yeah you know like you'll be mm-hmm. deathly sick like mm-hmm. cold all that shit blowing your nose every two seconds and you're at work no one ever considered like yo you should be hand sanitizing every two seconds mm-hmm. you should you should be home mm-hmm. away from people yeah you should wear a mask mm-hmm. like we never considered any of those things yeah. and my hope is that after this shit at least some people take on or take that with them you yeah. know what i mean yeah i think so i think uh a uh, uh, pretty decent amount of the population at least in this country will will adopt that but like if you're asking me about like young people going to concerts i like i mean we're we're we're, there's still people going to clubs and doing like packed clubs i'm not talking about like social distancing in a spot like it's like people are just operating as if nothing's happening right now yeah so unfortunately you have you know and the majority of those people are young people our age group um but I think there will be some people that will kind of just move forward with this kind of altered way of thinking of like, yo, I'm not really trying to be around a lot of people. Um, and maybe that'll dissipate with time. Like as time goes, maybe 10, 15 years down the line, the further we get away from this pandemic, the more we'll get back to what we knew as normal life. But um, I think it's like, I wouldn't say 50-50, but I think there'll be a, a decent amount of the population that will be a little bit more cautious as like to how they move around in the world. I think that that the mask Hopefully. thing as a whole not everyone wearing masks to go everywhere, but like yeah. if you have any sort of uh, ailment, yeah, you wearing a mask, if you have to go to the store yeah, and you have an ailment, I like that back in the day, if you wore a mask to the store because you had a cold, you would look like a psychopath. Yeah. Like people would look at you and, and be like, like, what the fuck is wrong, wrong with that person? Yeah, like you know? Some, yeah, so go like back they to have the a real disease. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And now I think it's going to be a little bit more normalized. It's crazy. Like I used to, I used to see like uh, footage like in China and, and that's like a very common yeah, thing. Super wearing common. Masks. Like for like the last 30 years, like my whole life has been like, I've seen people out because they put the, the pollution in the air is awful over there. Damn, fuck shit. China. Like, if you go to the subways in New York City, like, yeah, Chinese yeah. people like, be that's rocking pre- yeah, masks. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you don't have to actually go to China. And, uh, by the way, that's a great idea. It, it is. Pre-COVID, fu- like, yeah. the fucking subway is disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah, like, you should be wearing a mask. Yeah. I think I might, like, like ma- I'm not, like, by any means, like, an anti-masker. You're not going to see me, like, going viral on fucking social media for, like, hey, I want to shop in the store, but I hate. Like, masks are the worst part about this whole thing. 
I don't mind the staying home. I don't mind the social distancing. I don't mind when they had to, we're enforcing the curfew or anything. All that other shit I can do with. I fucking hate wearing masks, bro. Have you heard about, um, I don't know what just fell. Yeah. Have you heard about the shopping cart theory? No. Okay. The shopping cart theory is essentially like the people that are willing to walk their shopping cart back to the little hub for shopping yeah, carts. Yeah. Are just showing that they're courteous to the next person. I'm, it's I'm not, 100% that guy, by the way. Right, I right. hate when people leave the fucking carts so in the parking lot. to me, the mask is kind of the shopping cart theory. Yeah. Like, I, I would rather not wear the mask. And when the shit first started, I wasn't one of the first people to adopt the mask and start wearing it. But when it became a law or a temporary law, mm-hmm. I adopted it. And now it's more like, I'd rather be courteous to people because I don't know their circumstances yeah. and I want them to be safe. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like when people are fighting the mask, mm-hmm. it's just it just shows that they have a lack of empathy. Yeah, they and, don't care and, about anybody right. but themselves. They're not courteous people. Yeah, you know? like I do it because, like I said, I'm a courteous person. I want to not only keep myself safe, it's like a necessary evil. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have to do it, but I hate it. Like I just hate it. It makes me fucking break out. It's uncomfortable. Like, if you work in an office, like, in my office, I have to wear a mask all the time because I don't have, like, an actual, like, enclosed office where it's just me. Um, it's kind of like an open area. So I have to wear a fucking mask all day when I'm at work. Right. And, you know, I work, like, a normal person, eight hours, sometimes nine, ten, twelve hours, and you have this shit. And, like, I get home and my face is just gross because it's been in this mask all day. Um, so that's the one thing I'm, I can't wait to, like, maybe not have to wear one one day. That's, like, my biggest hope. Um, but the, as far as the rest of it, I mean, it just is what it is. Do you think companies going to be more likely to move on to um, remote work? Uh, that's a great question. I actually had this conversation with somebody, with one of my uh, coworkers today. Um, uh, so I work in marketing, and um, I think the companies that we work with are starting to realize that you know it can be done. I just think before this wasn't really presented as an option because it wasn't necessary. We were just kind of in this mode of being used to going to offices and just, you know, going about your life how you used to do it. And I think now um, that companies have been forced to, like, just chill at home for a while, um, I think, one, it's a lot it's a lot less expensive. Um, you know, we have companies from all over the world come to our facilities and, and do what they have to do. And, you know, if they feel like they don't have to do that and spend the money for travel and all the expenses that comes with, you know, uh, doing the work that we do, speaking about my company spe- uh, specifically, um, yeah, I think, I think there will be some companies that, that realize like, Hey, I think this is more convenient and it's more cost effective to just do this shit from home. That's my, my main concern is like, if you told me that I could continue my studio business by doing solely freelance work, people all wound up buying home equipment and they were able to record and send me stuff and I could still make it sound just as good as it sounded when they were in the studio. Yeah. I would take that any day of the week. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that companies that are paying, especially you, you work in the city, right? Uh, so I, ha- I have an office in the city. Okay. Yeah, I work and where's like your other office? In Fort Lee. Okay. Yeah. Fort Lee's expensive too. Yeah. So two locations that are pretty expensive. Yeah. If you could tell, if that company was told, yo, you no longer have to have actual facilities and you could cut the cost of the facilities and mm-hmm. you could even like kind of spread that amongst your, your employees. Yeah. If they stay home. I can't see any logical company going forward being like, Nah, fuck that. Yeah. Because, yo, I think that the only the only reasonable explanation for people that want uh, 
location going forward, obviously retail and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But if you're in like an office type setting, I think that a lot of companies like to micromanage or they like to oversee what's going on yeah, and make sure that people are actually doing their job. But to me, if, if you can't make sure of that, you shouldn't have those people hired. Right. You know what right. I mean? Maybe hire people that you, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Hire people this that you don't job. have to look over. This is an office, not right. fucking. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I think that any argument being made for, no, nah, we need to keep locations. Yeah. Would be like, why? Yeah. 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 You know, and I can't see a lot of companies that can cut costs going forward doing that. And I actually like that. I like that model for America. Yeah. You know, like there's no need for all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're moving toward, I mean, technology's taking over. You can see it. You go to airports and you can't, there's no bartenders. At the, they're literally just like computers where you just order shit. So I think slowly but surely, I think our government is trying to like kind of wean us off of like the shit that we're used to and kind of just trying to wean us on to technology and just being technology based across the board. But who knows? That's another comment. That's a whole other. I have a lot of shit to say about how, what I think the government's <laughs> doing in this country. Well, see, like technology. <laughs> I think that a lot of people are reluctant to kind of uh, get on board with technology. But even me, like a lot of the the equipment that I use or the plugins that I use for engineering are AI. There's plugins now that like I could run a plugin. It'll take the vocal and it'll craft uh, basically like a template or like a preset around that person's particular vocal. Mm -hmm. And now all I have to do as an engineer is see what it did and modify. Yeah. Right. And so what used to take 30 minutes to an hour now takes They've five, 10 minutes. It so much. Yeah. So if you don't get on board, you're kind of just going to get blown past you know, by, by an engineer like me who, who could walk in and mix a track in an hour and get it sounding very fucking good. Mm -hmm. You know Probably what I mean? Better than the fucking guy. Right. Doing right. It. Cause yo, you're sitting there trying to pinpoint these different EQ curves and all this shit that, that goes into engineering. Mm -hmm. And I didn't need to do any of those steps, mm -hmm. you know? So I feel like, AI, if it applies to your uh, your business and you can find a way to make it work with you, yeah, it's very useful. Mm -hmm. But as far as like, if you're talking about minimum wage jobs, like a McDonald's, mm -hmm. if they could stop having so many employees and they implement some like computers, yeah, I think they're going to. Yeah. I also have a theory that that's why minimum wage being raised isn't going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, it's like, there's not going to be any minimum wage. All the jobs that right. know, are required, not required, but like would give you a minimum wage salaries are not going to be, are going to be taken by robots. Because, yo, this is the thing, like, even in New York, if if you're putting all of these computers in place, right, and you say, yo, the cost of living in New York's just too high, let's raise the minimum wage to $20, but you decide to lay off half your staff, and now you're spreading that $20 amongst half of the staff, it's the same thing as paying all those employees, that minimum wage. That, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no difference. So yeah. it's like, I think that that uh, state governments and everything are are kind of pulling one over on people. Mm -hmm. They're making it seem like they're doing the right shit. But really what they're doing is just, it, it's just like simple math. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. And it's such, it's, 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 uh, it is simple math, but for the common person who's not really paying close attention, you, it, they would think it's like, the most complicated right. thing in the world or oh, how is this happening? Where is this coming from? It's just, dude, just pay attention. There's so many companies to like, uh, or countries rather that have like a $25 minimum wage. Like, like you look at like Sweden and, and places like that, Denmark. Yeah. And what's confusing to me is that like, I don't, honestly, I don't think that there should be any country that's like 
further ahead than America. Yeah. I feel like we've led for a very long time. Mm. And I know that that sounds like a fucking, you sound like a, an American douchebag, <laughs> but like it's honest, you know? Yeah. Like we really have led in a lot of shit for a long, a long time. And I think that when it comes to stuff like that, you can't have a country where America, like the American minimum wage is seven twenty five, while there's countries paying $25 an hour. Yeah. You just can't have that, yeah. you know? Like seven twenty five, that they can't. Yo, even thinking that's like, fucking crazy. Yeah, like I understand that we got paid that at one point, but really thinking about it, like yo, I I get paid thirty five plus per hour doing the studio shit, yeah, right? Yeah. Thinking about making five times less than that is <laughs> is fucking insane. Mm -hmm. You know, because because yeah. you just think about like the cost of shit. Days. It's not like you're. It's like a. It's like a, a short shift. I mean, you, you have you, to. You have to. You, you know, know what I'm saying? So you're busting your ass. To like literally like barely survive a ten hour a ten hour shift yeah, you're getting yeah, paid seventy like, bucks that's, that's fucking like insanity in, it's, in, it's inhumane honestly yeah. it's like you're treating these people like animals and it doesn't go with inflation and I think that that's the biggest issue is like yeah I mean you could keep it at seven twenty five for only so long but like if everything starts raising in cost that also has, has to, to move with up. it you yeah. can't just keep it the same yeah, you know yeah. and that, I don't understand like you saw all the backlash that people are giving. Uh, raising the minimum wage because they're like, there's no reason why a fucking 16 year old should be making more than a person doing this and that. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, if they raise the minimum wage, these other companies should also raise the wage yeah. because there's no way that you could kind of uh, argue. We're not going to not raise it because you guys won't follow suit. Like if we're doing it, then the simple solution would just to be if people are upset about it or if you feel like it's wrong then why isn't the company that you're working for doing the same thing well here's my thing i don't think that the companies that they're working for could even have an argument to not raise the wage because how how can you argue like all right you're working for me at this uh decently established company and i'm paying you 14 dollars an hour minimum wage goes up to 15 dollars an hour now you're paying me less than minimum wage so automatically i have to make 15 now right but on top of that you're trying to tell me now that your position at, at this workplace is a minimum wage position. Mm -hmm. Either you raise the wage as as a CEO of whatever company that is that that wants to look decent, or you're gonna get like that's not gonna work out for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the, yeah. it's it's not gonna work for for someone that wants to keep the wages the same, you know? Yeah. But I think that the biggest problem is like you know, people are arguing that like a 16 year old shouldn't be making the same salary as someone working in like a, a doctor's office. Right. But it's it's more you should be arguing why a person working in a doctor's office is getting paid so little. Yeah. It shouldn't be an argument of like why a 16 year old would be getting paid more than you. It's more like why the fuck is and that do doctor something paying about it? Less? Like if, they, if you feel like that shouldn't happen, then do something about it. You right. Know, do something about it. You're in control of your own life. Stop worrying about what the 16 year old is doing and focus on what you have going on in your life that is enabling or is making you make less than a fucking 16 year old people want shit to fall upon them that's yeah, why man. you know and what i mean think people like want shit just to break their way and it's like you know you can't make everybody happy so eventually yeah. there's going to be people that are going to be upset with the circumstance and the circumstances and it's up to them to just change it at like imagine that's how i look at it imagine i don't feel bad i don't feel sympathy for people it's just like listen man just go out and, and, and change it. If you don't like it, then just change it. It's easier said than done, but you had to do it or else you're just going to be another person complaining all the time. Doug, when I said before, like, like when I moved, um, I, I got a job at, well, it might've been before we even turned the mics on. I don't know. But I said I had a job at Guitar Center and then I got an offer for a job that was 22 an hour. Like that job was not 
near my house. That was an hour and change away. And I had to move due to it just so I didn't have to commute so far. But like when, when you get an offer that is better than your circumstances currently, it's your choice not to take it or to take it. And if you do take it, sometimes you got to move to that shit. Yeah. I think that people are so content in their location Mm -hmm. that they're not willing to look elsewhere. Like, yo, if you work in business and you apply to places in say North Carolina and you find out that there's a location that'll pay you $25 for what you were making 15 and you decide not to move, you can no longer complain. Yeah. Like at that point, it's on you, it's bro. On you. Yeah. you know, go find a better job. And that doesn't mean you find a better job only in like the city you work in. Right. Or right. the state that you like. Yeah. There, bro, there's 50 states. Like <laughs> there's so much opportunity in this country. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that like people don't understand that, you know? Mm, yeah. I think it's just like the 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 burden that they may feel like moving or like re- relocating isn't worth the opportunity that's in front of them. And that's just, and like you said, it's on you at that point. Yeah. And I, I, again, it is easier said than done, but like, so is complaining. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's easy to complain about mm-hmm. your circumstances. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like when people talk to like complain to me about shit and they're not doing anything about to change. The right. That's the worst. That's the worst thing. Yeah. Like, I don't want to hear that. I don't care who it is. Like, you could complain if you've, if you've crafted a solution mm-hmm. That, like, you just haven't put in place yet. Like, if you're like, yo, my day sucked today, but it's fine. I'm going to go and show up my girl, and I'm going to do this. Oh, it'll get better. Like, yeah. that, I'll take that complaint. But if it's like, yo, my day sucked today. This happened. That happened. That happened. You're just listing off shit. Yeah. It's like, all right, fam. Yeah, like, like, what are you going to do enough, about enough complaining that? And, you know, complaining is good because you need, to, you need somebody to let your shit off on and, you know. But at the end of the day, like, I need to see some action. If you yeah. know, if I'm going to, like, stick and be a good friend, like I say, it's a friend of mine coming to me about some shit. If I'm going to be a good friend, I'm going to have to see that you're doing something, you know, to, working towards, like, changing the shit. I'm not just going to be here. as I'm not your diary. You know what I mean? You ready to get our girls mad at us? Yes. I can't wait. That's okay, my favorite. I By t- the way, Dylan, uh, Diggy, and I are, <laughs> are, are uh, what do we call each other? Are we cousin-in-laws? Yeah. Cousin, yeah, cousin-in-laws. My, my girl and his girl are cousins. Yes, yeah, so I think that makes us cousin-in-laws. Yeah, we're cousin-in-laws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, you know, you just said that you're not someone's diary. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh. All right. When your girl is listing off like issues, uh-huh. do you approach it with a solution or are you the type of person that just kind of sits back and lets it rock and just understands that she wants to just be heard? No, no. Uh, well, I, I like to do both because I, I feel like I can tell when she just doesn't want me to say shit and she just needs to just like... I'm so bad at like, that. Just like, uh, like, just unleash and just unload all the shit that's going on. I'm the fucking worst at I've that. I've kind of learned how to do that. But mo- nine times out of ten, like, I'm offering some sort of solution. Does she because, get upset? No, no, no. I think she appreciates it. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm so mad. Yeah? yeah. When, 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 like, you're like, offering, like, advice? Why? <laughs> I don't understand that. I don't understand it either yeah. as a man. Yeah. You know, but, like, my girl, like, you know. Sometimes she'll be she'll be complaining about something, and I understand that she just wants to be heard. But, like, in my head, the solution's, like, it's right there. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, you know, baby, you should, and she'll be like, I just want you to fucking listen to what I'm saying. Okay, understood. You know, and yeah. I'm like, damn, bro. Like, but like, like I, always, have, I have the answers. <laughs> I can't just listen to me. Like, I'm just trying to fix it. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. Like, I feel like there's certain people that are just fixers. Yeah. And no matter what the problem is, like, I'm always going to look for a solution. Bro, I was, I was at the studio a month or two ago and I walk outside and someone fucking drop kicked my side mirror off my car, right? What? Just randomly. Oh like, my I, bro, my, my side mirror is just hanging, hanging off my off. car. Oh my and I'm like, fuck, the next day, there's people that would probably tape that shit up and mm. figure it, like, you know, that would really ruin them. Yeah. The next day I was at the Honda dealer, like, trying to get that shit fixed right, and I got right. it fixed. But I'm saying, like, 
I complain about shit, but I'm immediate to the solution. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. like yeah, it's going to suck and I'm going to be upset and I'm going to complain, but like, I'm looking for the answer. Yeah. And, and so I think that because I process shit like that, I expect other people to. Yeah. And sometimes people just want to be hurt. Yeah. And I feel sure. like with my girl in particular, like very often she's just venting yeah. and I don't know how to how to just, just like, accept just it. accepted it and not yeah. say anything I'm like trembling inside like ready to just like, yeah, like yeah. all you gotta do is <laughs> you're about to have a fucking aneurysm like holding in your fucking solution to her problem yeah and you know how like <laughs> there's like trends there's trends that you just learn with your significant other that like you might have made the mistake of doing it like a couple of times yeah and then like eventually you learn like alright she don't like when I do that yeah I finally I think got into no matter how dumb you think that like the re like if you like that why does that even get you upset no matter how stupid you feel like that yeah. is at a certain point you have to like just accept that that's how they are and, or, unless, or else it's just going to continue to be a problem yeah there's there's just a certain point where you get to where you're like do i want to fight right now because i can't shut the fuck up yeah learning how to pick your battles is like a really 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 tough thing to learn how yeah. to do especially when you're like you know, because by nature I'm like stubborn. I I I I'll admit I'm pretty prideful. And oh, I just feel like I'm both, always, bro. Yeah, I just feel like I'm always right. Yeah. So like, you just got to realize: Do you is it really worth having? I've this is how I look at it. There's a lot of times where me and my girl butt heads on on certain things, and it's you know it's led to just stupid fights that really didn't need to happen. So as time has gone on, I've taken the approach of like when it's happening in the moment, I've gotten kind of good at like assessing the moment, kind of like f- pausing within the argument and like kind of tuning her out and then just realizing and deciding within myself, like, all right, is this an argument that I really want to have? Is this thing that we disagree on really worth going down the fucking rabbit hole that we're about to go down? Yeah. And then in that moment, there's sometimes where I make the right decision because they're 90%. It's not worth it, but you know, it's just my stubbornness and she's very stubborn as well. It just doesn't work. And in the past, especially I've, made the decision like you know what fuck it i don't care if this is the stupidest fucking this disagreement where i'm we're gonna go there and we're gonna like butt heads on this shit but as time's going on i've gotten better at just like letting it go have you ever seen when kanye does that like real aspergersy thing where like he'll smile and then he'll go straight face like yeah, mad yeah, quick yeah, and you're yeah, like jesus yeah. like how's this fucking yeah, I've emotion seen like, i've seen like 30 memes of those <laughs> yeah like gifts or whatever i feel like i've gotten them. really good at doing that with like anger like yeah. with, with me and my girl like yeah. like if we fight 30 seconds later, I'm willing to just accept defeat and be like, yeah, yo, I'm sorry. Yeah, I fucked yeah, up, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, even if I feel like I'm right. Yeah. Like, maybe back in the day, it would carry on for like a couple hours or yeah. like a day. And I'd be like, yo, I just need to like cool off. Yeah, and like, yeah. Now it's like, I could say the shit and then like five seconds later be like, yo, my bad. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm I feel getting- like it's better that way. The more, the longer you let it linger, the, the harder it's going to be to like, move past it i also feel like in relationships there's never really a solution when it comes to like like certain fights yeah you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you just kind of it just goes away yeah yeah like you disagree you're not coming to a common ground it's just like fuck it just let it go yeah and then in like a couple hours you do some cute shit like you try to like yeah yeah, fuck around with them right and then it just it just goes goes back to normal yeah there's a lot of things like that i mean it's natural you're not gonna agree like by nature you're just not the same person as them so there's mad shit that you know, you don't, you guys don't have in common as far as like just the way you are as people, your 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 traits, your personality, and shit like that. And that's what makes it, relationships just interesting. You get to learn the other person, and you just kind of slowly turn into one person. But there are things that that differentiate you from each other. So I also think that with the way that technology is now, and the fact that we're like constantly 
in communication. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, our parents had it different. Like, yeah. our parents, when they went to work, mm-hmm. they were not in touch. No. Like, they had, like, that off time from yeah. each other, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. where they're not, they don't know what each other's day went like while it's processing. Yeah. You yeah. know? You can't and tell I, them the shit that just happened to me right now. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And I think that that kind of expedites, like, relationships these days. And I think that's why you see people, like, in these, like, short relationships. Yeah, yeah. like Like, two, like, quick two, three-year hits. And right. it's like, even if it even makes it that far. Because, yeah, what used to take people, like, 10 years to learn about the other person now is, like, learned instantly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I could tell you everything there is to know about my life yeah. within, like, a year process. Right. Because we're talking every two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that's, like, beneficial or detrimental to a relationship. I think it could be either or, depending on how compatible. I think you learn how compatible you are with somebody way faster these days. Yeah, that's true. And it saves, it could either, it could save you a lot of time because you could just realize much quicker, like, yo, I don't fuck, I have no business being with this person. Or it could make you realize, yo, I can't live without this person or this is like the perfect person for me. And it just makes shit faster because like you said, you're talking to each other constantly all day. So you're getting to know each other that much faster. So I think that's the, that's the effect that, like you said, social media, uh, technology and just the way that we're constant com- in constant communication, it just gets you to a point where like you realize like this is somebody I need to be with or not. You feel me? Right. Yeah, it's super, it's super easy to, to kind of be with the... Uh, wrong person these days yeah and figure it out what bothers me uh about social media as a whole is i feel like there are so many options that are visible now mm-hmm. like yo you have the whole world at your disposal and i think that that fucks up a lot of people's relationships Hell is yeah. just seeing how many options seeing there are out there. Is out there like yo yeah. even think about i know i know you uh we were talking the other day at dinner and you were saying that you're not a big fan of or you weren't a big fan of uh dating apps yeah right and for me personally right yeah and to me, what's amazing about dating apps is the fact that the options are just right there in front of you to swipe left or right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're literally swiping people. Mm-hmm. Like, these are actual people with, like, feelings mm-hmm. and, and fucking, you know. And they're almost, like, itemized. They're just, like, a thing. That's they're what not I'm even, saying. Like, a person. It's, so it's like, weird. a weird thing. That's and I think what, Instagram's and I think, like that, too. Yeah, I think that's what, like, uh, well, there's a couple things about dating apps that just didn't appeal to me personally. Um, and we spoke about this, like you said, at dinner. I just don't like things. I like when things are just supernatural just like in the flow of life i just think that's like the natural it's like meeting people at, at its essence before there was technology at our fingertips tips there's just how people met just like by the flow of life you went yeah. wherever and you just met somebody i like that i like that and i just kind of try to preserve that and i've always been that way you know i try to preserve that as much as i can so that's why i was kind of like i don't know if like dating apps i just feel like the, for me personally i feel i would feel awkward like all right, we've, I've been talking to this person and now it's like kind of like set up. I don't like when things are too set up. I just yeah. kind of like it more natural. It's almost like synthetic, like, uh, yeah. like, it's like bonding. man-made love. Right. right. It is. I'm not really. Even like the icebreaker, like, like the icebreaker that you have to think about when you're about to message a woman on one of those apps yeah. is the same as like being at a bar and thinking about, yo, what am I going like, to walk up to her and say Like, right how do now? you start? Like, all right, like how do, like, You've done like how do you start a conversation? On I start there? with hey, okay. literally just, like just, I, yo, just I, hey. my my go to was just hey. That could be a fucking a little intimidating. <laughs> just like, damn, can you I get a fucking? Like, can I, I get? A, do you put an exclamation point at the end? At nah. least no, just a period. Don't hey, put what's, a hey, what's up? You don't hey. put a period though, do you? Mm-hmm. No, okay, no, no, it's not like it's not like psycho shit. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. not psycho shit. But I would just be like hey, and then if they answered, you know, I would pick up the conversation from there. And if they didn't, I'd be like, all right, you know. What was the weirdest conversation you ever had on a, on a dating app? Like when you, like your first initial conversation. You know what was weird somebody? to me? Like 
there are there are women that try to uh, create the icebreaker themselves, mm-hmm. and like there's chicks that would be like oatmeal or chocolate chip, and it's like yo, I just don't fuck with you. Like I like I don't know what it is, but like the the way that you said that to me, like I just don't like you. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? That, like, that, see, that would like, piss me off. Like yo, I like, I understand. Yeah, like I Neither, understand what bye. you're trying to do, <laughs> yeah, but like but like that just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like I just want I just want you to say hey. Like, yeah, like what grade are we in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so there's sixth grade yeah, icebreaker so, question. Then there was like girls that would be like, "You look like you'll ruin my life." Shit like that. <laughs> And it's just like, yo, how fucking corny did you feel when you woke up this morning? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you woke yeah. up feeling that corny or, like, what happened? So, there there were those. I feel like... Can, yo, can I just ask? I don't mm-hmm. know, like, how you feel. Like, why? what's people's fascination these days with, like, ruining others' lives? Like, that's just a, such a, like, famous, like, well, I mean, think about, thing right now. Think like, about even chicks that, that are, like... That never sounded, like, attractive or... You know how chicks me. are, like, very, like, um into being, like, oh, I'm fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. yo, to me, that's not exciting at all like yeah, like yeah. yo i i actually stay away from character flaw and you should right fix that yeah i think that there are a lot of people that like i guess because it's like memeable now mm-hmm. and like there's all these like online jokes that people yeah. think like it's like yo even the zodiac shit my girl is huge on fucking zodiac shit yeah. like yo i could fucking drop i could drop uh, a water <laughs> on the ground and my girl would be like that wasn't very virgo of you and and to me it's like Yo, I'm just a fucking human being. Like, I make mistakes, too. You know, like, like Virgo or not, I make mistakes. Like, yeah. I do dumb shit, yeah, you know? right. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah, And yeah, I feel yeah, like, yeah. I feel like that's all because of online. You see all the memes now that are like, um... It's yeah, like, like Justin LeBoy is like the Bible to uh, these horrible. women these days. It's horrible. Like, like I... I I don't. I don't even need to follow that kid because I just. I just go on Everyone Instagram stories it, yeah. and I'm like, oh, okay, there he goes again. <laughs> Do you see the memes that are? Uh, it's Bobby Boucher and he's like, he's like, mom, what time was I born? Uh-huh. And uh, and his mom's like, you talking to one of them she devils? Because <laughs> there are these like, <laughs> bro, there are these zodiac bitches that are out there now. Yeah. That like oh, they want to do I've your astrology mm-hmm. like right in front of you. Yeah. And. I'd be lying if I said that that hadn't happened to me before I met my girl. Like, yeah. like, bro, chicks are like that Zodiac thing is super serious now. Live and, and die by it. At some time, at some point, you have to be like, "Yeah, I'm a fucking loser." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry, babe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> have have you ever have you ever lied about like have you ever met a girl and lied about what your sign was just so to see if she would like try to, to like throw them off? Yeah, or like, <laughs> like I've done that. Like a girl, I've met a girl. I met a girl once, and she was super like I, I just met her, and she asked me what my sign was, and I've had that happen before, and it always annoyed me. Yeah. So I told myself one day I'm just gonna lie and see what happens, and see like watch her like make up the story about something that's not even true. Yeah. And it was the funniest. Like I had, I think she thought I was like super into what she was saying and interested because I was like smiling and like very invested. But I was just laughing at how much of a fucking idiot I thought she was. Right, right. <laughs> no, nah, I've never had that happen, but I've definitely, uh, I've definitely had girls ask and then try to like describe me to myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would be like, oh, that's so true. You are a Virgo because, you know, think about the way that you even like make music. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, there are fucking mad musicians. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like yeah. that has nothing to do with being born I in September. I met you last week, bitch. Yeah. Don't tell me about myself. You don't know me. You don't know anything about me at all. Yeah, bro. I, I don't know. I, I hope that that shit goes away. Yeah. For sure, but now what we were, we were talking about the because I, I sidetracked us for a second. I wanted to hear like your wait. Were you saying about the? Uh, we were talking about like weird ass conversations on right, dating apps. Right. I wanted to hear like, has anybody ever said like some besides the oatmeal and cook whatever the fuck she said, yeah. which is super weird. Like I just I've heard so many stories about people just like with 
like really weird conversations or they meet with people and like they seem cool on the on the app and it, like it seemed like it was going to go great and then yeah. you meet in person and it's just like I this is the weirdest person I've ever met I went met on in my this life. date with this one chick and um she did this weird thing first off she was younger so like we couldn't like see eye to eye on anything like even like references to movies and shit like there was nothing there right but then we go I'm trying to like salvage whatever cuz I'm already here you know I'm trying to salvage the date and I take her to get ice cream. And when we're getting ice cream, she stands in line, but like, all right, you know how like social distancing measures are now? Mm-hmm. Yo, she stands in line and she gets so close to this person's back mm-hmm. that I had to like physically like grab her and pull her back a little bit. Cause I was just like, what, like, what are you fucking doing? Right. And it just like made me realize that there are some super strange people out there yeah you know what i mean like she was like breathing on this girl's neck and it wasn't like the girl didn't notice like the girl did one of those like you know when you turn and like look back like what the fuck is going on yeah and i was confused by it you know and then you know we get i'm dropping her off and like we go to hook up and she like you know when you kiss somebody like you turn you turn your head a little Mm -hmm. bit like yo she Mm -hmm. went like just straight straight on just straight and I was like, this is style. a fucking alien. Yeah, like, this yeah, is actually yeah. an alien. You know, like, she doesn't actually, like, understand how, like, human beings process, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, she reminded me of, like, she just walked off a spaceship, you yeah, know? Yeah, right. I was like, this girl's not a human being, yeah. and she's trying to act like a human being. Yeah, she's young. She's not off to a great start. It was strange. So hopefully yeah. she yeah, develops, yeah. wherever you are out there, young girl. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hope she's doing well. <laughs> Nothing to progress past yeah, that first day. Yeah. Hopefully you learn how to tilt your head when you kiss somebody, you, you know weirdo. What, you know what it is for me? Like... All right. Immediately, obviously, when you meet, like when I met uh, my girl, yeah. When you meet a person on one of those apps, the first thing I'm, I'm obviously looking at is, are they attractive, or do they look like what they look like in the pictures? Yeah. So I see my girl, and I'm like, yeah, all right, perfect, nice. And then it's like, are they a fucking weirdo? Like, as long as you're not a weirdo, with someone like me, chances are it's probably going to go on to a second date, right? Because I'm just like. I'm just looking for normalcy. Mm-hmm. I just want to have a normal conversation with you. I want to like have a cool conversation. Yeah. If you could hold the conversation, mm-hmm. there's not many ways to fuck up a date with me unless you're like sniffing someone's fucking back. Yeah. Or, or you're you're mute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're just sitting there staring at me. Yeah. Right. So in the process of, of doing uh, the dating apps, like my ex before uh, my girlfriend now also was on a dating app. Okay. And that relationship didn't work out. The one the one problem is, like, when you're meeting on there, there's no mutual anything. Like, yeah. you and your girl having mutual friends, mm-hmm. it makes it easier to coexist yeah. because, like, oh, let's go out with our friends. Mm-hmm. They're already all there. Like, you already have a connection to everyone. Yeah. When you're meeting someone for the first time, and I, I actually like that I didn't know any of uh, Emily's friends prior, but, like, it's weird when when there's such a disconnect between you and that person's life. You know what I mean? Like my ex before her is from uh is from the city. So it's not there wasn't even like a Jersey connection. You know, like my my mom's from Union City. Emily grew up in, in West New York. So there's something. Something's there. There's right. a connection there. Like I've right. been I've been on Bergen Line to get food. Like I yeah. know spots over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could I could go there and be yeah, comfortable. And that's all you need, really. Right. Yeah. Something. Like Some if I was going to the city every day. And I'm not a city. I'm not one of those guys that enjoys being in the city. I fucking hate it. Yeah. Like I, I don't like the subway system. I don't like not knowing where the fuck I am. Yeah. I don't like anything about it. I don't like driving in the city. Yeah. It's all bad. Mm-hmm. So like that wasn't gonna work from the jump. You know what I mean? I think when you're meeting someone on those apps, there needs to be some type of commonality. 
yeah. where you're like, all right, cool. Like, I know what she's done before. Mm-hmm. And also Which there's is, something... I can, ima- I can imagine that's kind of hard because you're, it's like, what are the chances <laughs> of that? They're random people for the most part. I think that the fact that you can, it's weird as fuck because it does make everything like itemized. But the fact that you can narrow people down to like location, oh, it makes man. it a little bit easier. You can do that. So you can pick like, I want like a radius of like a, right. somebody like 15 miles away from so me. So check this out. So That's fucking crazy. Look, for me, I was living in Hackettstown, which is all like super country and it's mad far from like everything population wise, right? Mm-hmm. And I put my address as my mother's address because I wanted people in that environment like where I'm normally from. Yeah. And when I uh, first connected with my girlfriend, like she thought I was from three miles away or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that had to be broken down. Like, oh, I actually, I actually live an hour away, but like I'll drive and I'll, I'll make it work, Mm -hmm. you know? But she was, she wasn't really trying to do that at first, but like, yeah, you have to base it on location. And then you have to also realize, bro, like once you get, a certain distance from the city, bitches look like fucking monsters. Like, I'm not even joking, bro. Like, when you start going to those country, like, Mm -hmm. there might be one hot girl every, like, fucking 10 miles. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yo, it's so bad that... Like, get in line, buddy. (laughs) There was this this really hot Asian chick in uh, Haggistown, right? Uh My boy comes to visit me, and he goes to Dunkin' Donuts, and uh, he goes... He comes back to my crib, and he goes... Yo, I just saw the hottest Asian chick. I knew exactly who he was, he was talking, talking about the because there was only there. one. Yeah, that's Tiffany. Like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> she be at the gym. <laughs> She's always at that Dunkin'. We're like, yo, imagine, imagine walking into like Planet Fitness over here and being like, yo, I saw a really hot Asian. Asian no like, one would know who you're talking about, right? Of course. Over there, it's so fucking She's the one. Yeah, yeah. It's bad. Yeah. You know, so I was like, uh, dating apps over there make sense. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past anyone out there because, yo, if I was over here. I don't even know if I'd be on the dating apps like that. Yeah. You know, I was never on dating apps yeah. when I was over here. Right. Because it was like, why? I go out I go out with homies and there's chicks, chicks everywhere. constantly. Right. You know and that I mean? was kind of always my approach. It was like, um, you know, I was in a relationship for like the more than half of my 20s. Um, so when I got out of it, um, I took some time for myself to just kind of like learn how to live your own life. And then once I got back out there, I just felt like I was always in positions to just like to meet women, to meet girls. It was like I was living in, I was staying in the city. I was going out with my friends in the city all the time. There's women fucking falling out the skies there. So it's like constantly. So it was kind of like, I don't really need to do this. But, you know, like you said, different circumstances. If you're from different areas, it's like, you know, that's the only way really to get around and like meet somebody or else you'll just be like. And you'll never, you'll never understand that lifestyle until you're in those circumstances. And then you're like, wow, there's actually no women. Like, yeah. it's, I've never been in a circumstance. And, and you have to understand, like, when I moved out there, I was 23. Yeah. Like, I was in, like, that, that like, prime of, like, yo, I'm, I'm still young as fuck. I'm making good money. Now, what's like, up? Where they at? Well, yeah. <laughs> the women are just going to be flocking yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. Bro, I had it's my like own Will place. Smith like, in the empty, in the fucking yes, empty living bro. room, bro. I had, I had a huge apartment. Like, like, yo, the second that a chick from out here came to visit me and stepped foot in my apartment, like, they were in the back. Yeah. Like, my apartment was so fucking nice that, like, they were in the back. And they would yeah. be like, oh, you live here by yourself? Like, yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. 
Like you're staying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stay. It's fine. <laughs> the fact that you're out there and there's literally no women to do that to. That sucks. It's like it I have hard. this. And yeah, exactly. I gotta drive a fucking hour to like exactly. reel them in over and here. I can't like even... I got a, such a nice place for them to stay. <laughs> I can't even show off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it was terrible. Someone call that hot Asian girl. <laughs> Tell her to come over. <laughs> Bro, and you know what's even worse? Is that like in areas like that, there are more good-looking guys than there are good-looking girls. Right. So the hot girls in those locations have like, their pick of the litter. Well, they also they also smashed everybody. Like like yeah. you know, I grew up in a smaller town, and all the good looking guys got with all the good looking girls, and yeah. it just happened. Everyone revolved. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So moving out there, like I'm at the gym playing ball, and you see like a, a good looking chick walk by, and you're like, "Yo, who is that chick?" And be like. Oh, that's blah, blah, blah. You know, she fucked with mm-hmm. Eric. She mm-hmm. fucked this dude. She fucked that dude. And you're like, all right, damn, bro. Great, thanks. Like, I didn't need to Car know facts. all that shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's just weird, bro. Like, you're not even interested in talking to the women out there. Gave her a full diagnostic report. <laughs> <Yeah>. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's tough, man. That's tough. All right, let's 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 get into sports. Yeah. Uh, sports. I, I wish the sports wasn't such a fucking dreary topic yep. this week. But Let's um, get into it. Don't be shy now. Mm-mm. All right, so... Uh, if you're not living under a rock and you're a fan of sports, uh, just yesterday, uh, we're recording on Wednesday. This is going to come out tomorrow. So on Tuesday, uh, a report came out that it might have even been uh, Monday, but a report came out that um, the Mets general manager that they just hired uh, had a very strange exchange with this um, reporter from out of the country, this female reporter. Uh, this man went on to send her first. It started off with a, a mutual thing and then it got really strange. And then he was sending naked uh, pictures and he was texting her 60 times without receiving a single response. And it, it was just fucking incredible. Creepy. What, Creepy what is your initial thoughts on something like this? Um, um, uh, I mean, so many things come to mind. Um, I felt, um, I felt bad for the, for the woman. Uh, I read into the story. Um, and you know, like you said, she was from out of the country. She came over here pursuing a career in journalism and she met this guy in an elevator in Yankee stadium. Uh, he was the head of pro scouting for the Cubs and this was in 2016. They were in, they were the world series favorites. They ended up winning the world series that year for the first year and first time in a hundred years. She thought, like, this guy would be an incredible source and thought, like, this was like, yo, how great is this? A meal ticket, I can get a great source. You know, how hard is it to get a fucking source that credible at you know, your first crack at, you know, journalism, which was her dream job? Um, You know, and then it turned it, it you know, <laughs> it went from being such an amazing opportunity to being, like, the shit that, like, ended her fucking career, her yeah. dream job. So I felt bad for her. Um, I felt bad that, um, you know, there's so many, there's not many, actually, not many women in in, in, power, in positions of power in baseball. And there's so many talented um, women that have a lot to offer to the game of baseball and just sports across the, across the board as, as far as um, in journalism, executive positions, things of that nature. So when I see a woman who came from another country um, who, who, who was taken advantage of that way and who was put in that position when all she was trying to do was just, you know, pursue her dream by some creepy motherfucker like him. It just made me angry and it made me feel 
it made me feel bad for her. She ended up having to go back to wherever country she's from. I don't think they just they like told anybody where she was from. I found out today. Where was she from? Uh, Sandy Alderson fucked up in his uh, press conference, uh-huh. and she's from Korea. She's Korean. I was, I, I was thinking South American all the way. Yeah. I didn't know why. I thought no, I was thinking Venezuela. You know or some why? Shit. You know why I had a I had a, a hunch that it was Japan, China, something like that. Because she was talking about. She said, like, in where she's from in her country, when women are caught up in sexual allegations, like they're looked at. No matter what happens, they're looked at as like, oh, you're like you're the problem. It's like your fault, right? And that's a very big thing in those countries. So that's what made me kind of think of that, but I didn't want to like draw any conclusions or like assume anything, but I'm not surprised that she was from South Korea because that's very prevalent over there. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I was just I just felt bad. I'm just it kind of it just kind of disgusted me. I feel like uh people knew about it and just kind of tried to sweep it under the rug, which is just completely out of line and unacceptable. Yeah. Um I, I'd like to think that the Mets didn't know about this. I hope I don't they, think they did. I hope they didn't hire him and, and, and like, you know, knowing that he did this yeah, and I don't tried think to, like, keep... Because, you know, I never heard of this guy before. I didn't even know that he was the GM. I thought Sandy Alderson was the GM. And his credentials, which which is amazing because, like, his credentials, being part of uh, the Cubs organization when they won a World Series, being part of the Red Sox when they yeah, won a World Series, yeah. being part of uh, the He Diamond rose up Bags. the ranks in, he like, did. four years. Yeah. He went he, from pro scouting to GM in f- five years. Yeah. It's crazy. No, he did really well for himself. And, you know... Did you see the beginning portion of the message thread? No. Okay, so I'm not I'm not going to play devil's advocate for uh, a creep. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the guy to do that. Yeah. What? But fu- I heard that they exchanged like they were, she actually answered him a couple times. She answered him uh, initially, and and all right. So he sent a picture of his face, and then asked for a picture back. She sent one to which she sent a picture back. Yeah. Right. Then. He said, "You want to see more?" And then she said, "Yes." yes. Yeah, I did and hear about that. Like sent, like, like laughing and whatever. Yeah. All right. You could make a case for him getting the wrong impression from that mm-hmm. and that only. Yeah. And then sending something fucking uh, abs- absurd, right? Yeah. To go from that point to then not getting a response and continuing. And then deciding That's at the end because like wasn't like one of the last messages when he showed his like sent a picture of his dick or something. Yes, he sent like fifteen or sixteen pictures of like the hotel, yeah. and then he wound up sending a picture of his dick, which right. is like one. One like, is like first, as first a dude, all, like what are you all, doing, listen, bro? Like, bro? Like, I've had this conversation with numerous women in my life, friends or girls I've dated in the past. Um. 90% of girls, like, they don't find a picture of a dick, a standalone dick without any context or anything like that. They don't find that appealing. They typically don't want those Bro, things. A, a dick As, looks a, like an alien fucking right, finger. Right, like an unsolicited like picture of your of your penis is, like, probably one of the last things a girl wants to see in her life. Like, she'd rather see anything at right. that point than that. So, for you to do that to somebody, like, even a if, stranger, even, like, a girl that even is interested in you, she might like you. If you send a picture of your dick without her asking with no, for it, right, with, with no, no context. context, it's just kind of out of the blue, it's going to turn her off. Even if she thinks you're the hottest motherfucker, she's been wanting to fuck you for years. If right. you do that, she's going to, nine times out of ten, she's going to look at you crazy and probably not fuck with you no more. Right. So if you if if you look at this situation with Jared Porter and this reporter, 
she ignored 60 of your text messages and then you decided, you know what? Maybe this will convince her to yeah, talk to me. Yeah, maybe the dick will just bring yeah, her back maybe in. maybe this will be like, it'll blow her fucking mind away. And Maybe uh, he has like an incredible dick though. I don't know. They blurted it out, but it didn't look. It didn't look. It didn't look anything like spectacular to me. It just looked like you're running the mill dick, bro. <laughs> like I don't think that's gonna do it for you, buddy. Nah, I, I think that. I think it speaks more to the fact that this is a man who probably never got pussy in his life. Yes, because 100%. bro, if you even got a, a smidge of ass throughout your life, yeah. you don't do shit like that. Yeah, and there are creeps out there. Like there are dudes that that have gotten pussy and are still fucking extremely creepy. Yeah, but like. Not I, I, not often. Like, I would think that those guys have more of a sickness. Yeah. Where, like, this guy just seems like he's just never gotten ass, doesn't know how to go about it. And he seems like he understand he understood his power, was trying to abuse it, but, like, didn't even know how to properly abuse his power. Yeah, yeah. even the way he was, like, like, he was sent, like, do you know, we had, there's emojis. You don't have to type out. Anybody who types out smiley faces in 2021 yeah. or whatever year that was, yeah. even 2016, you're a fucking lunatic. Just go to your little emoji section and, s- and send one. He was putting the fucking colon and then the little <laughs> yeah. half a fucking print. I'm like, dude, don't do that. Like, you, Off top, you're already a weirdo. Yeah. And you I, could just tell, like you said, he's a nigga that never got a, 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 a slither of pussy in his life. And the only thing that would ever afford him that opportunity to smash something is the fact that he's in a position of power. He's probably paid. And, you know... It's a it's a transaction with him. No woman is voluntarily giving that guy any vagina. He has to do something for them. You know what? And always he thought that me? was an opportunity. Listen, oh, you want a source? Well, I got a source for you. Right now, come over here and do what you got to do, and right. I'll give you all the information you want. You know what gets to me about uh, like ugly dudes that that do shit like that? It's like finding you attractive to begin with is difficult. Yeah. Why you would have the confidence to just send a picture of your dick, mm-hmm. even the pictures of you laying down with like a bulge in your pants, yeah, to a complete fucking stranger, mm-hmm. and you're not even an attractive individual to begin with. What made you think that, you could do that? That confuses. How me. dare you? You know, bro. You ever, <laughs> you ever been walked up to at a bar by like a really ugly chick, and mm-hmm. she's trying to kick game, and mm-hmm. and a part of you is just inside. You might be a good dude, and you're trying to be as, like, cordial and nice as possible, but a part of you inside goes, why the fuck did this girl think that she had any shot talking to me? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can't see how this man would not feel that way. Yeah. About himself. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care what level of money. It kind of it, it kind of is reminiscent of, like, a Harvey Weinstein, obviously not to the degree, but Harvey Weinstein is such an ugly fucking individual that it's like, okay, you played the power and you got ass uh, forcefully for years, but like, Shit fucking that doesn't make you attractive. No, of course. You know not. what I mean? And like, I, I don't know, man. That like shit, like the Jared Porter situation. Like, I'm as a Mets fan, I'm so happy that they were so quick to pull the trigger. Yeah, and I like that Steve Cohen was very uh honest about it not not you know the Mets have decided to part ways yeah, he, he, he was like no we dry, fired him and dry and he's like he's terminated and I have 400 employees that I hold accountable and I'm making sure that they're all of the right ilk yeah and they're trying to do the right thing at all yeah, times because there's no way you can condone something like that like first of all if he like that's not the first time he did that like that's the first time he got caught that guy is a lifetime creep. He's been doing that to God knows how many women have been put in a position, uh, in that position by that guy. And this this woman that came out with the story was the only one that had the stones to 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 say something. And really, and she, she was really only, didn't. 
even. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she didn't even want to. Yeah, she didn't want to. And the only uh, she said that the only reason why she did it was because she to saw protect people. Protect people. She right. saw that he was in a position. Like he was able to do that as the as a, as a pro scout or the head of scouting, whatever he was. Like he's now the GM of the New York Mets in the biggest market in the world. So like he's gonna even have more access to fuck with more women and do more yeah. creepy shit. So it's time to get him out of here. But um. Damn, I had a whole other point and I just fucking See, forgot. See, with someone creepy like that, what what is beneficial about having a good uh, president of your team or a good owner of your team is that, okay, he does become the GM. Say he does try doing this to someone else. Yeah. I would like to think, honestly, that if he did try this at any point going forward, the same result would have happened. So, like, even for fans that are on the... Oh, she waited five years to do this. First off, if you feel like that, you get no pussy. Like yeah. that's that's a fact, a hundred percent. You yeah. you have never gotten ass in your life, and you have some sort of uh, hatred for women. Yeah, you're you're a fucking weirdo. Hundred percent. All right, going forward, if he were to do this, he would have gotten fired anyway. I feel. I think that Steve Cohen would have kicked him out at any point if this happened going forward. Yeah. So for Mets fans even that are like... Right, if he didn't get caught, if, if, even if, if he would have gotten caught again, say he would have done it again, right. he would have been gone. So so my thing is like for Mets fans that were like, he had such a good resume, he was going to do great things, even if he was the culprit for the, the Lindor trade, yeah, he was going to get caught doing this at some point. Mm-hmm. So it's better that we just rip the Band-Aid off right. because this man is obviously capable of doing that and worse things. There's just no place for that in baseball, in any sport. Anybody yeah. who's like that is just needs to be needs to be out because you're 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 putting people in danger. You're putting people in danger, and it's just there's no there's no room for like disgusting people like that. And I'm glad, like you said, they got rid of him quickly. It was no politically correct. Oh, we decided. No, he's done. He's terminated. We don't we don't tolerate that. We don't accept that. Anybody who behaves in this manner, not only him, anybody who decides to do shit like this will be gone. So. I respect the Mets for for making the decision, and I just feel bad for for the woman. I have you know I have sisters, women in my life that you know I, that's anytime I hear a story like that, that's what I think about. Like, what if that was my sister, right? Or what if that was my cousin or my aunt or somebody that I really love? Like, I would be you know fucking human, kill yeah. out of, you know yeah. human. Smoke coming out of my ears, ready to hurt this guy. So. The only fortunate part about this whole thing is that she didn't respond, and eventually, and and there was no. Uh, seeing each other in person. Yeah. There was no anything physical that happened. That's yeah. the only fortunate part. Yeah, but like, it cost her her career because she had to leave. She felt like she had to leave. I don't know right. if she had to, Right, she felt like she had to leave. And she actually got out of journalism as a whole. Yeah, yeah, she changed her whole career. You know, but... That's fucked up. That's it is. Fucked up. It's super fucked up. You know, I'm just happy that nothing further happened. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you hear all these stories now, especially with the Me Too era, that like women go through a... F- Dog, I cannot imagine being a, a woman. No. Like as a man, no we way. are we are afforded the luxury of like never having to worry about half the shit that they go through. And I'm not saying that men don't get sexually assaulted mm-hmm. or sexually abused, mm-hmm. but like the having the means of protecting yourself mm-hmm. in a different manner, like it doesn't matter how it doesn't bi- match up. There it, yeah, it's, right. it's way worse. Let's right. like keep it a buck. Like, it's way like, worse. Yo, it's been... way women have it way worse in that aspect and in a lot of aspects of life when it comes right. to the shit that they have to go through. Like, I've been sexually assaulted by by women. Yeah. As far as... And, and yo, as men, we don't even consider it that. Like, yo, mm-hmm. if we're at a bar and some chick just wants to walk up and grab my fucking ass or, mm-hmm. or like, underscoop my nuts or some dumb shit, like, you don't turn around and be like, you just sexually assaulted yeah. me. Yeah. Right? But that's what it is. Mm-hmm. 
And we've all dealt with it. But I think that the fact that we could turn around if I needed to and fucking kill you with my bare hands. I, I could do it. And it doesn't happen nearly. Like, that happened, That could happen to a woman every time she goes out. Right. I know right. women that say, like, that's happened to me every time I've gone out. Some right. guy has touched me. And it's, ha- it's happened to me once. And it was the worst experience of my life. I was like, yo, this is crazy. Right. This woman was like, like, bro, like, violated me. And yeah. I was like, yo, what the fuck was that? And this is something that, like, happens to women all On a regular basis. the fucking time. And it's awful. I think that men need... Not, I'm not saying that men should go through it, but I think men need to go through something like that to really understand how severe it is yeah, or how awkward no, it is. It's, for, it's, it's for hella women. weird. It's hella weird. This woman at this bar was just like, bro, I'm like, she was just touching me like nonstop and wouldn't take no, like it was on some, and, I'm, and in my head as it was happening, I'm like, so this is what women go through. Right. Because I was legit, I'm not going to haul off and punch this woman in the face, but I have to like restrain, like, yo, get off of me. You know what I mean? Like and, and like you said, I have the like I have the ability. Right. If I, so I can knock fear. you the fuck out right. and then this problem is over. Like right, I don't right, have right. to deal with you anymore. That's that's the the big difference. Because like men do go through it, but like knowing that we could handle ourselves if we needed to. It like women made, don't have that, that of, yeah. on their belt. They yeah. they can't handle themselves if they needed yeah, to. Right. Their fear is that if they don't uh react properly, this guy's gonna fucking kill gonna me. Do, it happens yeah, exactly. all the time. Exactly. It happens all the yeah, time. Man. So it's, that's it, that, unfortunate. That, that's all that is what tied and that's why it took me like a second to gather all my thoughts when you asked me how I felt about it because I just I just bring together all of those things and I just think of that all the time. I mean all together like the fact that she was put in that position, being a woman dealing with this man in a position of power, it's just the same story that we've heard. Like and we hear this story all the time. And it's unfortunate. It continues to happen and I don't know how if if there's a way to stop it. I don't know what the solution is, but it's something that like if we find out about it, if 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 it comes to light, we have to address it and and get these people out of positions of power because they don't they don't obviously clearly don't know what to do with it. A woman um, reporter today uh, when Sandy Alderson either today or yesterday when Sandy Alderson was doing his uh, his little press conference or like uh, taking questions from reporters. Um, a woman asked because he kept on saying like you know I've spoke I've spoken to sources uh, prior to this prior to the hire and uh, no one knew this story no one came forth with this story mm-hmm. and he's like he's like had we known we wouldn't have hired him now a woman uh, reporter asked him um, were any of the sources that you spoke to women and Sandy Alderson you know I like when people are clear and not trying they don't try to avoid the smoke they just take the smoke that's coming mm-hmm. and sandy alderson said uh no and he said unfortunately uh in in the position of uh of power that most of the sources are there are no women mm-hmm. and he was like and she said maybe that's something to think about going forward and he said i completely agree yeah i mean What's he supposed to say, right? Yeah, like what am but, I supposed to say? Yeah, right. you're right. There's one we the, the there's one GM woman, one female for GM Miami, and, right? And, and this is the first one in the history of baseball. Baseball's right. been around for fucking 150 years. You can make a case that baseball is a, a male sport, yeah. but on an analytic side or anything that, that has nothing, baseball, right? Yeah. That has nothing to do with it. Like, so you know, there's women, there's women, there's um, and they why? So there's in 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 the sales department, it's all women, right? So what they're saying, they can only do that, like you know. There should it shouldn't have taken 150 years for a woman to be a GM of a baseball team. It's not yeah. it's not that hard. Like I know women that there's women that I know in my life that know more baseball than me. Or I like I can't pull one over. Like I can't get one over on you in a discussion about baseball. Like they're very well versed, know exactly what the fuck they're talking right. about. And there's no reason just because you're a woman that you can't run a baseball team. Sam, a woman just became 
the vice president of the of country the today. States, yeah. Like that's, that's the first time ever. Ever. It's that's insane. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I, you know, you look at it as progress, but at the same time, it's like this country been around for a long fucking time, <laughs> fam. You know what I mean? Like, like there's certain things that we see as progress. Like even when you're you're saluting like the Spurs for hiring like a a woman assistant coach, mm-hmm. it's like. Or yeah, the first, it uh, is female, progress. Uh, there's going to be a, a female referee in the Super Bowl this year. First time ever. Like, there have been referees for mad fucking long. Why was that? You know, like... Yeah, like, niggas it, used to play football in leather helmets. Like, Yeah, I feel like it should be more of like a... It, it should be more disheartening. Not disheartening when it happens, but it should be more disheartening that it's the first time that these things are happening. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, people should really understand how fucking insane that is. Yeah. Like this is I think a, some people do and some people wish that it never happened. I wish I think there's some people out there that are like we don't need that. Especially with the vice president. Yeah. Especially. I don't I don't get why men are still so I always feel that no matter what job I'm doing, right? I should work harder than everyone, whether it be man or woman, right? Right. If you are scared of women being in in uh, positions of power, to me that just speaks to you thinking that you Insecure. are not better. Yeah, it's your insecurity showing, right? Like big time. Because there's there's literally no reason to be upset that a woman gets any anything. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. what? How does that even slightly affect you? Yeah, it shouldn't. I mean, unless you're just worried about your job security, but that can be taken by any, by anybody. And it should be if yeah. you're not doing your job properly. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But like to see to see a man be like, oh just what we fucking needed a woman vice president Mm -hmm. in a joke all right cool funny in serious manner Mm -hmm. come on fam yeah you know like all right WNBA post on on instagram comment section hilarious Mm -hmm. it's always like fucking Mm -hmm. you know like funny like yo there's some different looking aprons (laughs) like shit like that (laughs) hilarious do i actually feel like that no Is it fucking embarrassing that a rookie in the WNBA makes 40 grand a year? Yes. That's fucking embarrassing. That's crazy. I mean, you could say that it's it's more based on the fact that there's not as many advertisements mm-hmm. and this yeah, and that. Yeah. But still, it's fucking embarrassing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it is embarrassing that you could even run an organization. And because, yo, know, all it takes to get viewers is to uh, advertise. Yeah. Like, I could... Bro, I could have the worst rapper come into the studio right now, and if I paid for ads, he would get viewers. Yeah, just and by it, the nature of being like, just right. by the nature of it being out there. So, like that brand as a whole, the WNBA, like it's not, it's not because women basketball is the worst thing that anyone's ever seen. Mm-hmm. They just need to do a better job at, at like at, at making mar- their company it. money. Yeah, marketing. You know what I mean? Promoting it. Yeah, yeah because it's fucking insane. Like, yeah. yo, when I found out that a rookie makes forty grand, and I was making sixty five at my job, I didn't even know that forty grand. That's crazy. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Insane. Insane. Yeah, that's, there's no way that should people, happen. There, yeah. There's people working desk, desk, desk jobs, jobs, and this girl is like passionate yeah. and and dedicated her whole life to, to this, playing a sport. To this sport, yeah. and she's and she's a professional. Like, yeah, it's yeah, not like yeah, she's yeah, playing yeah. overseas. She's really like she's good. actually a professional. She's really good. Like yeah. she's better than some guys in the league. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fucking incredible. I'm just that's hoping crazy. that going forward, like I do, I do like seeing uh, Kamala Harris be the vice president. I, I just hope that going forward, there is more of a um, unisex driven culture to America where you can do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can be whatever you want. Yeah. And I think that uh, had Hillary not been so hated prior and she became the president, I think that that would have spoke volumes. But yeah. like, that, I think that her losing to someone like Donald Trump, I think 
showed even more setback. Yeah, what America really they is. They always on. say America is what the land of opportunity. It's yeah. the land of opportunity for men. That's what they should have said for sure. Yeah, white men, white in men. particular, white men. Yeah, you know, that's what that's what the slogan should have been. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, these are all things that you going forward do set a good example, but they need to happen in a way bigger size or uh occurrence like you can't you can't just have one of each of these things and think that it's like see we gave you what you wanted yeah yeah yeah. like nah like this needs to happen it's almost like here yeah take here throw him a bone fine put a woman in the referee job for the nfl like you know yeah i don't know it keeps it's like temporary happiness it's just like putting a band-aid over the real problem yeah i mean i've also had a single mother my whole life yeah you know so like for me to like i see power in women. Like, right. I, I know women are powerful because of, course, of that. Of course. You know, and I think that some people that grow up with, like, the... And you know what? The people, the the, the men that, that say these things about women, why do we have... A, they, they're they are more aware and they realize more than we do that how powerful they are. And that's why they're so against it because it scares them. It's a threat to them. I think that they also come from, like, a very um, old school household, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Where, like, maybe their mom is, like, a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And they've never, you know, and it's sad because you don't have, like, at that point, you're kind of discrediting your mother. You know, like, there's no way to twist it to where up, it makes it? sense. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's twisted. Yeah, it's fucked yeah, up. Yeah. You know, I just, I hope like going the way, forward. the way you look at women is because of the way that you look at the woman that raised you. Right. And if you're looking at women in a, in a negative way, that means you feel a negative sort of way towards the woman that gave you life. Which I can't, is fucked up. I can't even see an occurrence in your life where where looking at looking down on on women is even a thing. Like I can't see what what could have possibly happened to you at any age mm-hmm. where like you have a, a hatred for women. Yeah. I mean they create they literally create us. Yeah. There's no us without women. Yeah, I mean it's all experience and it works for both ways like you know women that men bash that hate men and fuck men men ain't shit. It's all from just experience and what you've gone through in your life, I think. I don't think that, yeah, I agree with that. But I don't think that there should ever be a case. Bro, women, like that whole, the feminist movement, if you're for women empowerment, 100% on board. Mm -hmm. If the, if the, the focus turns on like bashing men on a consistent basis, it's a little weird. That's where you lose me. Because it's not, that's, it it doesn't make it like your point is no longer valid. It's like, it's like you're not interested in like seeing women just be powerful. It's not, it's not, it's not, um, What's the word? Is it subjective or objective? I always get confused with that. Like, if it's not like you're, you're just you're you're bringing your personal feelings into like, and and you're letting it blur like logic. It's not objective. Yeah, yeah it's not objective. There you yeah, go. it's not objective. It's like you're you're letting your emotions and the way you feel get in the way of just like using your brain logically, and that goes for women and men. People do that all the time, and that's where you lose me in a conversation. Like, if we're getting into it about something. And you're letting the way you feel get in the way of like just your train of thought. It's like I I'm not gonna argue with your feelings. Well, because it's backwards. It's your like emotions. It's like if uh if the world was more uh of a matriarchy and it was more women in power, and the tables completely turned, right? Of course, for hundreds of years, men have been the power. Yeah. But like, if the world was opposite, would it not be the fight? opposite ways you know what i mean yeah. like like it that doesn't if we're looking for equality we're looking for equality as a whole right yeah we're not looking for either one to be more or less powerful mm-hmm. it's just about equality equality so that that whole argument becomes a little 
uh, fucking strange when you start seeing like a feminist that's like, fuck men, yeah, you know? It's like, all right, so is it equality or is it just like y'all are better now? Right, yeah. right. <laughs> like, what is it? <laughs> it's not equality. Don't mask your, like, you know, that you just want to say, you want to be acknowledged as better. Like, just say that then. If yeah. that's how you feel, that's fine. But don't try to make it seem like, oh, well, we're the same. No, that's not how you feel. I think that in their eyes, um, and I don't want to speak for them, but I think that in their eyes, like, because there's such a power shift, if, it goes strong in the opposite direction. It levels out. Yeah. When in reality, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's the same. It's the same, yeah. bro. It all it all evens out eventually. With time. Look, I'm just I'm just hoping that uh 2021 is a year of everyone growing, getting smarter, uh, reading fucking books. Um, I hope that the world becomes a little bit more normal this year. Yeah. And, you know, I it sucks that We've gone through like the depths of shit in the past year Mm -hmm. and we're finally getting to a point where I think that there's some optimism. So hearing stories uh, of like tragedy early in the year Mm. kind of like destroys that. Like, Mm -hmm. yo, speaking on, on solely the Mets, right? Yeah. There was so much fucking optimism for the team. Rightfully so. We're doing all the right shit, making trades for the best shortstop in the MLB or one of the best, uh, a top five player, top 10 player, right? And New owner, billions of dollars right, at your disposal. So much optimism. And then something like this completely just fucking removes it yeah. to where it becomes same old Mets, yeah. you know? Yep. Mets gonna Mets. Yeah. Nick's gonna Nick's. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, We're not there yet, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> Give us some time. We're yeah. not there yet. We haven't had a huge blunder yet. Before we get out but of here, we'll what there. are your feelings of the Knicks uh, so far this year? Um, I, I like the team. Um, I like the, I can see the improvement. It's tangible. It's there. Um, uh, Tibbs, I, I'm, I'm, I have full faith in Tibbs. I have full faith in the front office. Um, there is always the, the anxiety of having James Dolan, like kind of in the background is ready to fuck shit up. So that's something that's in the back of my mind lingering. But as far as the team on the floor, I've been encouraged. I think we have some promising young players and I trust Tibbs and the coaching staff to develop them. Um, I don't, I don't expect us to be a, like a, if we make the playoffs, great. I mean, it's possible, especially now there's like the, this is like the, the playing, I don't even know how, the, right, the, yeah, how it works now, but there's basically there's more of an opportunity for us to make the playoffs. If we don't make the playoffs, it's not the end of the world. Really. All I want to see is some tangible, noticeable improvement in the team. And we're I think 12 or 13 games into the season. I can see it already. Um, so I'm happy. I'm happy. Um, and I'm I'm gonna. This is the most I've been invested in watching. Like I've watched every game this season, which I haven't been able to say that for the last, I don't know, three years because the product is just so awful on the floor. So I'm invested. I'm watching, and um, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm optimistic. I, if you I'm could op- name a single or not a single, because I don't think a single player uh, makes the Knicks fucking uh, great playoff team. Mm-hmm. If you could name a few players that you think the Knicks could grab to make them. To push them over the hill to kind like of to being make a trade like a, for? Yeah. To being a consistent playoff team. Um it's hard right now because a lot of the guys that I was hoping that they would make trades for, like signed extension. So I was looking at like that young group of like Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, those kind of guys. Um specifically because I the, they're they're two of my favorite young players in the league. And I think that's what we should kind of aim for. I'm ho- I was hoping one of them would be like disgruntled and 
Be like, yo, fuck this. Get me out of this fucking town. I'm going to go somewhere. Bear almost did that to Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and that was, I was monitoring <laughs> yeah. that closely. When that happened, I mean, it was the beginning of the end of this world that we knew. Right, and, right. But I was monitoring closely because I heard that their relationship was completely severed. It was like they can never play with each other again. So I was like, great. He's a New York kid. Um, there was actually like really high interest in drafting Donovan Mitchell from the old regime. I think it was when Phil was there. I think we took Frank Nilakina instead of him. Um, but don't get me started on that. Uh, we'll have a whole other conversation about Phil another day. Come on, Frankie smokes, bro. Uh, tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He smokes crack. That's what he does. So he's never on the fucking floor. Um, but so like, I don't know. I, I, it's tough. Like the, the trade market, ha- it, it kind of forms itself really quickly, right? Like you hear like a report, like I feel like the whole James Harden situation just kind of materialized within a few weeks, at least the beginning of it. Like it just like they traded Westbrook and then the next week is like I Harden wants out. It took a while for him to get traded, but I think that's how things happen in the league. It's just like one day you just hear like of a fucking player just being like, yo, um, I don't want to be here anymore. I've been waiting on Dame for for years to say he wants to trade out of Portland. I don't Portland. think he ever will either. I don't think he's going to have that's going to happen. I think he's happen. from that Dirk ilk where he's just going to be gonna there. stick it out forever. So I've been waiting on Dame forever to say he wants out of there and try to make a play for him. Like Dame I mentioned, is the type of player where it's going to get to a point of his career where he's older and people are going to encourage him to go. Like, yeah. even in Portland, they're going to be yeah, like, but yo, see, I don't want like, like Dame. Like, Dame is the kind of guy that'll end up on the Knicks when he's, like, 37. Like, he the will. Knicks are, yeah. are fucking notorious for that, and it drives me crazy. Like, all my favorite point guards... Like, I used to love Steve Francis when I was a kid. He was, like, one of my favorite players. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, before he was fucking out of his mind. Yeah. Alcoholic. Yeah, and now he looks yeah. like he's, like, a 70-year-old man. Yeah. But I used to love, like, Stevie Franchise. I was my nigga. Like, I loved him. And he ended up on the Knicks, but he was, like, 37. And it was like, all right, we got Penny Hard. Like, if you take the Knicks, like, point guards from, like, the last 25 years and, like, or even not even point guards, they're just good at just getting washed up guys. If you take their, like, roster of players that got there past their prime, they'd have, like, 12 championships. Who was the last good Knicks point guard? I know Jason Kidd played good while he was on the Knicks, but Chauncey Billups. Chauncey, Chauncey, Bill- Chauncey Billups, yeah, he came in that trade with Melo. Wait, was he good? He was great. He was really good. I mean, he wasn't Chauncey Billups of, right. uh, of old, but he was a great point guard. And we let him go. Um, we released him because to, to to clear cap space to sign Tyson Chandler. And I thought that Which was actually a- that worked out. Yeah, kinda, it, it kinda did. But bit. I would have rather had I really I would have rather had Chauncey Billups. And when they did it, I was it was such a low key thing. Some people don't even remember that he was on the Knicks. I don't remember it was, that. It was such a quick thing. I, he played. Uh, Cause Melo got to the, he got to the, yeah, he just played that half. Whatever, whenever Melo got traded to the Knicks, he played like the rest of the season with them, and then they cut him in the off season and signed Tyson Chandler. And I always thought that was a big mistake, even though I liked Tyson a lot and he was a great Nick. Uh, I think Chauncey was the leader that the Knicks lacked at the point guard position. I think, and I think Raymond that if they Felton might be the last good Knicks point guard, and I'm saying good, very objectively because Raymond, Ray, Raymond Felton's first stint with the Knicks was good yeah his first stint was much better than that second stint when right. he came back it was like he was a shell of himself he had some moments as a Nick yeah I think and he was right after Chauncey so he came right after Chauncey Billups but the the last time I was confident like super confident in a point guard with the Knicks was Chauncey and I was I've always been a fan of him what back in his my mom was like when they when they were the pit when they won the championship in 04 like my mom loved the Pistons she loved that team so much so I used to watch them a lot and I was excited to get him almost as not as much as Melo. I almost shit my pants when they traded for him. Um, but I was excited to have Chauncey on the team, and I think they should have kept him. That was a big mistake. But 
Um, I don't know if the Knicks should go like the trade route. I think this whole like slow build up, drafting, building through the draft, that's how you build sustainability in the NBA. That's how you that's how you stay good for a long time. I think trading all your assets and, and just blowing your future for like a small window, which has become like the trend in the NBA, like Brooklyn just did it, just traded away their entire organization for James, which I mean, they look amazing, but once those guys leave, like what? I'm also what's not happen? trying to jump the gun and say that they're going to look amazing when Kyrie gets on the floor. Yeah, and I'm not look as a Celtics fan and as someone who hated how Kyrie went about his everything, enti- everything yeah. like life. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not an idiot either. I know Kyrie is what he is. Like he's a fucking phenomenal basketball player, and he can get you 50 any night. But, bro. He has ruined, like, a great team mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, if you look at the the Celtics roster when when Kyrie was on there, you're talking about a team with Kyrie Irving, uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, Marcus Morris, Terry Rozier, like Marcus the list. Smart. Aaron Bain, uh, Aaron Baines, uh, Marcus Smart. Good team. That that list, like. Really if you look team. at the the players that came from that team and are now like starting on other teams, that was a stacked it's fucking a roster. Great and team. Al Horford, and at the time oh, he was actually I Al forgot, Horford. I forgot about Al Horford. Right. I was trying to think who their center was. Right. Yeah, what a great team! A great team. Daniel Tice off the bench, yeah. and I'm not saying Daniel Tice is great, but he's a, a uh, NBA that, player in that, in that role. He's great, right? Yeah, he ruined that team. Yeah, like yo, they got they beat the Bucks. I think in the first game of the playoffs, they beat him by like 30 and everyone was put, putting up these memes of like Al Horford rocking Gian, uh, Giannis mm-hmm. in a fucking mm-hmm. in a baby blanket. Yeah. And then the next like four or five games, Kyrie shot like fucking two for 60. Yeah. It was insane. But yeah, and, and they put when he, you know, the whole his whole thing was like he didn't want to be, you know, in LeBron's shadow. He wanted his own team. And the, the Cavs did right by him. They could have shipped him anywhere. And they sent him to a team, a good team. They took not that like the trade wasn't great for 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 the Cavs. I mean, they took on Isaiah Thomas, who didn't work out. Like the the Celtics won that trade by a landslide, and they put him in a position where, yeah, this is your team. You're the best player on this team, but we are giving you a good fucking team. It's not like we're giving you you're the you're the you're the man. You're the you're the star of the show, and we got to like build this up. Give us a couple years. No, you get traded to that team, and you're immediately the favorite to come out of the East. And he fucked that up. They started off zero two that year, and then they went on a sixteen game winning streak. Yeah. I can't see how you as Kyrie Irving can build any type of animosity toward that team that was an Eastern Conference finals uh or finalist rather every season that you were there. Mm-hmm. I I can't and see And one how, season when you weren't playing. Right. And and now to go to a Brooklyn team and when he first got there it was immediate turmoil where he's saying that, you know, uh, he thinks that the team needs to be better and they need to get better players and this and that. Mm-hmm. Like Already discrediting your teammates. Yep. Cool. Now, th- fast forward to this season where you have a dude who uh, just decides that for personal reasons he doesn't want to play. And, yo, you know what I-, I hate? Like, the NBA, and you could see that, like, there is clear media training going on recently. And this is not me fucking being conspiracy theorist. Like, I- I've been seeing nothing but look at all the donations Kyrie's made this week. Yeah. And it's very obvious what they're doing. They're like, all right, everyone hates Kyrie right now. We got to make Let's him cut look him good. Some slack, yeah. Right. Yo, he might be a great guy off the court. No one's talking about him off the court. We're talking about him on the fucking court. Yeah. You know, what he does for the organization, what he does while he's with the organization. And every fucking year, 
This man it's, makes the wrong move. It's something. It's always something with him. Yeah. He'll get a surgery mid-season that yeah. they're like, oh, it could have waited. Yeah. He'll do, he just does Kyrie the worst ca- shit. Kyrie cares about Kyrie, and he doesn't care about anybody else. And I will say, um, I don't know. There's something there with Kyrie up top between the years. I For don't sure. know what it is. I couldn't pinpoint it, but there's something. There's My a, girl says he's an Aries. That's what it is. Uh, and that's very that <laughs> could very well be part of it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he's got Aries characteristics. Maybe it's the Aries in him, but for real, I think like there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, I don't know. I don't even want to say a screw missing. Cause that can be like kind of offensive, but like, there's just something there with him. Um, and, and I'm, I really want to know what it is because it clearly has an effect on how he deals with his life and his career. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you know, if you really say that you're committed to this, game and you love this game and you're committed to this team he has to change his the, the decisions that he he makes yeah he make he, he's very it's it's him first he puts himself first and yeah that's 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 important like taking care of yourself is important but you also have to realize you're part of a team this is not golf this isn't tennis where like you're accountable for your actions and it doesn't affect anybody else like you're part of an organization who invested millions upon millions name. Millions. That's a better name. You said you said team, and I wanted to say even further than that. He's part of an organization. Like yeah. yo, he he is being paid millions of dollars by these yeah. people. Yeah. It's not. This is not like a family thing where you go on the weekends yeah. and you play and fucking it, men's and, money, league. and just because you're getting paid doesn't mean that you're like obligated to just like their mercy. You're at their mercy, and it's like whatever they want. No, but you're obligated to do your fucking. But you got to do your job. You that's have to that's do your plain job. and simple. And if you don't do your job, then you don't get paid. Like I don't think they should pay. They should have paid him for those two weeks that he was gone because he didn't tell anybody what right. he was doing. Right. That's why. If you yeah. go to your organization and you're transparent and you say, listen, I have this, 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 and that going on in my family, in my life. I need to get the fuck out of here. Is that okay with you? And if as an organization, you know, he's your star player. He puts the fucking ball in the basket. He's your bread and butter. I mean, you have two other stars, but he was the first one or he carried the load last year without KD. You could see a situation where they're like, all right, we'll let it slide. We'll just take your time. You come back when you're ready. But the fact that you don't text your head coach you don't text anybody in the organization. Tell them where you are. All you did was send a group chat uh, to your teammates, and and you didn't even tell them what was going on. You just said, "I'm not playing tonight." Um, there's no other job in this world where you can do that, where you could just not show up to work and still keep your job. If you're Sean Marks, what do you do with a Kyrie? Because if I'm Sean Marks, understanding his talent level and understanding what he's capable of, I still am not confident that Kyrie is going to do that for me. You know yeah, what I mean? And yeah. and the, the unfortunate part is that if you're Sean Marks, getting someone to take on that load of Kyrie Irving at this point in his career where he's proven that he is not a good worker yeah. is difficult. So it's not like teams are just going to be willing to give up like a, a load of fucking young talent. I would, I would not give a bunch for Kyrie Irving I right wouldn't now. either. And, and this is what I'm saying. Like, you're kind of stuck with him as Brooklyn. And if him, James Harden, and Kevin Durant don't work, who do you take out of those three? If you had a choice of two, who are you keeping? I'm keeping James and Kevin. Right. Yeah. Me too. Absolutely. So, but I wouldn't. If I was the Nets, I wouldn't have made that trade for James Harden, given the situation with Kyrie Irving. It looks Irving. really smart right now. No, but again, that you're you're talking about three. You're talking about three seasons of of greatness. And then yeah, fucking, but you know, yeah, you, you he like James and Kevin Durant look great together. James Harden and Kevin Durant look amazing together. They look better than Kyrie and. And and Kevin Durant did at any point in the season, and they've only played three games together. Well, because yo, as much shit as James Harden gets for being the dribbler and shit, Kyrie is the actual dribbler. Yeah, like what what they at least James 
pat he's a he, he's a he facilitator. The ball. He passes Kyrie the ball. Kyrie what averages five assists a game. If, if that, that if, if that, that if that. Yeah, so like that's why I wouldn't have taken the trade with James Harden unless I could have gotten rid of Kyrie Irving because now you traded away Karis LeVert, who is a budding star. Yeah, he's a he's they on his way. Never done that. He's on his way to being at least a multiple. He, I I see him making multiple All Star teams. You get rid of Jared Allen, who is a great. Play. He was your starting center. Yeah. You have DeAndre Jordan, who's now moved from the bench up to starter. He's an aging. He's on his way out. He's on the twilight of his career. You gave away f- three first-round picks and four pick swaps. And you also traded... To- like, you gave away everything, right? So now you're left with three stars, right? One of them who you can't really depend on. He's, like, hit or miss. You never know what's going to happen on a given day. You can wake up one morning, and he's fucking gone for two weeks. And you have no supporting cast. If I was the Nets, I wouldn't have made that trade for James Harden. I would have tried to figure out a way to deal Kyrie first and then get something back for him. And then trade, trade you, now you have a, a, a gluttony of fucking assets that you can then trade to another team, to the Rockets, and work out where James and Kevin Durant are your, are your base. And now you actually, but you still sustain some sort of a bench. They have no bench right now. There's right. nobody off the bench. There's a bunch of guys you've never seen in, in your life. Like Jeff could, Green, is, Jeff Green is their best player off the bench. Jeff Green's actually playing well. He's too. playing well, but he, like, of course, I understand. What you you're know saying. what I'm saying? Like yeah. he, 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 he can't be your best player, player off the bench. Off the bench. Yeah. Like I, I just think it was a mistake. Um, it definitely mortgages their future. Like once they're done with these guys, um, and I don't see it happening. But like that's a high risk you're running. Like they're on two year deals. It's not like they have these guys locked up for for the. I think. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Durant and Kyrie have opt outs after this after next season. Well, which if, they're not going to do. But yo, what if what if this shit goes terribly wrong, right? Right? If this comes crashing, burning down to the ground, and they're like, "Yo, we're out of here." So now you just traded. I mean, it's highly unlikely, but you, you're leaving that door open yeah. for, uh, to get severely burned. Here's I just the think only it was benefit. Smart. Here's the only benefit when when you had Kyrie on that uh, Celtics squad, and he wanted to kill the fucking team. He was capable of it because it was such a young team and all these... None of those players were really like, I could get you fucking 35, 40 Not points at that a night. time. At that time. He was the only guy that could do right, that. Right. So for for that team, I think that there was more of a chance of you ruining everything. Yeah. The only thing you can say for Brooklyn is I would like to believe that Kevin Durant and James Harden are both the type of players where even if Kyrie was trying the fuck shit and you could see that he's trying to ruin the chemistry... You could still be like, yo, fuck him. Let's just yeah. get to a business. Yeah. And I don't, yo, honestly, bro, I don't see a team beating them in a playoff series. Because you're not talking about beating them. You're not talking about beating them in one game. Like, in the yo, East or like in the NBA? In the East. In the East. Oh, in the East, yeah. I think they're East. If they don't come out of the East, that's like. Severe failure. You no, know, like the biggest failure ever. Right. You have, <laughs> like, look at your big three. Like, this is arguably the best big three ever. Yeah, I think I can't. And this is better than Braun, Wade, and Bosch. This yeah, is better the, than Steph, Clay, and, 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 and every KD. big. This three, is crazy. Every big three in the history of big threes have all wanted the shit. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, like you could say that the big two of Kevin Durant and James Harden is good enough to be a big three, mm-hmm. and I think that points wise, everything they could actually mm-hmm. compete with most big threes. Yeah, but. Every team that that formed that big three, the whole goal of forming that big three was for a championship, yeah. and most of the time they made it happen. Yeah, and this is the first big three that was more that was that, that was affected by a trade. So like those other big threes, they had a supporting cast because yeah. it was just they was just spending money. They were just for free agent acquisitions. Right. You gutted your team to add the big three, but now it's like three guys and no one else. 
I just don't. I don't think they're going to win a championship. You don't this think year. that they beat the Lakers this year? No, I don't think so. You really don't think so? No, the the, the Lakers are too deep, and they're just as good talent wise as 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 the Nets. I think. I just don't think that there's anyone. If them three are playing well together, I don't think that there's any team that's stopping them. In any, but who are they stopping? Who are Kyrie? Who's who's who is who is Kyrie? Who are who are Kyrie and James Harden? You're right. Stopping? You're right. Who are they stopping? Yeah, defensively. And they, they have, yeah, I'm not talking about, I mean, offensively, they're going to put up 125 that's my points thing. every game. You have to beat them on, on points. Like, yeah. in any given quarter, having three guys that can get you 50 a night. Yeah. Like, that's not, we've never seen that shit before. I mean, before. you also have to see James in the playoff. He hasn't been great. That's so, a like, fact. He's not proven in the playoffs. Never been to. Oh, he has been in the final. I also think he's kind of bitch made a little bit. Like, yeah. I think that he's kind of like he just gives up really quick. Yeah, you know, like there's no reason why he should have given up the year after they took them, uh, the Warriors to seven. Seven. Yeah. There's there's literally no reason. Yeah. You know, like like for for him to even go that far with the Rockets to then push Chris Paul out. Yeah. To then when he's the reason why you didn't win because you didn't have him. Right, yeah, like you, you guys had him. him. Yeah, and, you needed and, him. And, and, and the you worst got, you part, you guys got. If he wasn't hurt, you would have won that series easily. And the worst part is that they completely dismantled that team. You know, like the Rockets with Clint Capella, the Rockets with Trevor Ariza, the Rockets with uh, Chris Paul. Like that's a solid fucking team, and that's actually a championship. And guess what? They got rid of all those guys for James Harden to right. uh, to fit his game. He needed shooters. He needed guys to throw the ball to. He had no use for Clint Capella, so they traded him, and they just had him and. Four guys on that perimeter. I don't threes. think that any player in the modern era has ruined the team worse than uh, James Harden ruined the Rockets as an organization. Mm. I don't think that there's any player that that just completely like made them make choices because there were reports coming out that like he he got upset when when people were traded for that he didn't give the okay to yeah, like yeah. fam you're an employee dog. Yeah. You don't have like uh, me as the GM. I don't. Yeah, I can. Like, I'll bring you in, but right, you're you my star player. But yeah. I'm not. I'm not. You're not the final I, fucking set. Me. Right. I don't work for you. Right. I, I don't think that any and and luckily the Rockets made out pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're left and they're not awful. I mean, they ended up with Oladipo and they got John Wall and Christian Wood is really good. Um, I would like to see that team go far. I hope so. I'm rooting for him. You know, I, I think I, I, mainly because of John Wall. Yeah, I love John Wall. Yeah, me too. I'm so happy he's out of the East because you know Celtics and Wizards. Like that was actually a rivalry. Mm -hmm. I can't believe how bad the Wizards have gotten. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like because Bradley Beal. There you go. There's a name. I'll take Bradley Beal in the Knicks. I think that's a guy that would be it. Would would I mean obviously make us a way better team than for we sure. Are now. The only problem with uh, Bradley Beal is after years on the Wizards. Does he go to a team like the Knicks? If you're talking about a trade, sure. But yeah. after years on on the Wizards and being yeah. part of like that dynamic, mm -hmm. I don't know if a player like that goes, yeah, yeah. I want to go play for the Knicks. Yeah, but I think the way that players look at the Knicks are is starting to change. Starting to change. I yeah. would I would imagine. I think they they have a legit coach who's not a, he's not a bullshit coach. He's a, a certified, bona fide legend. Legend, yeah. head coach, like very well respected. Yes, I think guys like Leon Rose. I mean, I know guys like Leon Rose because he was a, the he was anybody anybody who was anybody in the NBA as far as players goes. Leon was there was there was their uh, agent. You have Worldwide West, who's another huge agent. Everybody knows that guy. So I think the way that players view the Knicks, I, I don't think players are going to be like, oh, I don't want to go to the Knicks. They're dysfunctional. I think they're starting. I mean, it's still early. This is our first year in the new regime, but I think we're heading in the right direction where 
it's not going to be like the Knicks aren't going to be overlooked because of their toxic culture or like we're the laughing stock of the league. I I hope those days are over, and if we continue on the path that we're on, I think those days will be over. So, um, like you said, if it was part of a trade like that, like you asked me before, who's a player? That's another guy I forgot. Like Bradley Bill, closely monitoring that situation because I think he's going to get dealt. I think he's going to. De- I think eventually he's just going to be like, yo. Like, I don't think he's the type of guy. I feel like he's, he's from the same family of of a Dame Lillard. I don't think so. You don't there's think been, so? There's been rumblings already of him being a little unhappy. Like they, him and him and I mean, John, yo, him and John, you, John Wall didn't get that's a fact. along too well. But my thing is, when you're dropping sixty points and your team is losing by twenty, like yeah, you're going to be unhappy. There's no there's no way to go around that. Like so if I'm giving you sixty yeah. and we're losing by twenty, like, I can't. Think about I can't how fuck bad the rest of the team is doing. Like I can't fuck with you. And and like Westbrook, Westbrook isn't going to change that. I'm I'm actually disappointed that he's not better. Yeah, he's been bad. I'm so glad the Knicks didn't. He has, but I think that the OKC team that he had around him yeah. just really complimented him. Yeah, I think that that Sam Presti built that team for around Westbrook, yeah. and I don't think he understands how well built that was for him. Yeah. Like having a Stephen Adams to just grab the rebound and give it just back give to it you. To me. Yeah, because yeah. you miss fucking every shot you take. Yeah, and yeah. you need four opportunities. Per yeah, possession, yeah, he hasn't been great. Um, I think I think Brad Brad Bradley Bill should figure out a way out of there. Um, I just wish Devin Booker didn't. I mean, I was really happy that uh, Chris Paul. Like, I was excited about Chris Paul going to Phoenix because I'm like, wow, what a fun team with him at the point guard. Like, yeah. that's awesome. But I've always liked Devin Booker since he got into the league. Um, I see a lot of Kobe in him. Maybe not mentality wise, but stylistically, like he just reminds me of Kobe out there. Um, but he just signed a huge deal, so he probably ain't going anywhere for a while. You know, a video takes that that Kobe straight out of him. Mm. You ever seen that pickup video where they're double teaming him? Oh, and he's asking. He had a point, though. No, 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 no. He had a point. <laughs> Fam, when Joe Kim Noah is telling you straight up, like, no, nah, we're going to double team you. That's fucking embarrassing. Like, like, bro, like, get the fuck off me. I'm like, all right, I get double. Like, I'm trying to work on my game. Why the fuck are you double teaming me? I understand that to a certain degree, but but... Joe Kim Noah said this is part of the game, and that is absolutely true. It if is you're true. working on your fucking game, then you get used to being double teamed because you are one of the best players in the you're NBA. You're gonna get double teamed in the every NBA. fuck, bro, fam. I got double teamed in high school, and yeah. I fucking am not an NBA player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I got used to being double teamed, yeah. and in practice, they used to double team me because yeah. that's what happened in games. Yeah. Like it's I just think regular. he was just annoyed by because Noah seems like he's like an, a really irritating guy. So I For think sure. he was just probably like, "Yo, I don't want, I don't want you near me. Like get the fuck away from me." It's Noah not about looks- being double teamed. I think it was the fact that it was Noah double double teamed. Noah looks as close to homeless as you can for an NBA player. For an NBA player, yeah, for sure. It like goes him then Delonte West. And Delonte West I, had the fucking and he worst was circumstances. Homeless, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually homeless. Shout out to Mark Cuban too. I I respected him OD for like doing that for him, helping him out and finding him. But I don't know who taught Noah how to shoot a basketball. Like you could tell his dad played tennis because he. I don't know who the fuck taught him how to play basketball. Or shoot a basketball at least. I don't know how you go pro with that, that form. It's crazy. I mean, bro, look at like a Sean Marion. Like some people getting that. I mean, at least it went. But Sean, had, he had, he was making. He was hitting that's shots a fact. though. That's a fact. He was hitting shots. Yo, like, it was Noah weird was a fucking fuck. beast at one point though. Yeah, but he could never shoot. Though. No, he couldn't shoot the rock. But like I, I, I feel like he just played in the perfect time. Yeah, like that was the end of that big of man that era. era. Yeah, he would you know not last mean? in today's NBA. No, not at all. But and you saw that that once the, the game the transitioned, he was no longer relevant. Yeah, you like see, I don't even think that he really dropped off as bad as people think he did. I think the game the just game shifted, just changed away from what how you, you know what I mean. Game. Yeah, that's true. That's because true. yo, if you're looking at any should, center of today, have given him seventy two million dollars. That's a fact. But that's the Knicks, bro. <laughs> I mean, who else have they acquired in the in the past couple of years? Like, I feel like I know Julius Randle's playing well, but I still feel like they overpaid a Julius Randle. They might have overpaid, but they didn't give him a long-term deal, at least. Like, that was great. 
that was the first sign of like, wow, look at us making like a smart decision. Like we didn't like Isaiah Thomas would have given Julius Randle seven years, $150 million coming off that season that he had in New Orleans. Cause he was averaging 20 and 12, 22 and 12 that year in, in New Orleans. Like that would have been a guy who we would have been stuck with. He would have been our star acquisition, big press conference for fucking Julius Randle. But they gave him a two year deal, a three year deal, uh, uh, opt out after the second, like smart. Yeah. A lot of money, but it's not tying up your money long-term. So who cares? Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm praying for the Knicks. I hope that they're, Good for the future. Yeah, it is true though that that uh, having the Knicks being good, even even like bro, I feel very closely uh, understanding of of a Knicks team because of the Mets and being a fan of the Mets for yeah. so long. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I we're really like one in the same same yeah, colors. It's the same. It's yeah. the same team essentially. Yeah, you know what sport. I mean. And and having the Wilpons was our Dolan. You know, mm-hmm. and I'd like to see. It does make sports better when New York is good. Yeah. You're seeing that with Brooklyn. Like, mm-hmm. and I think if the Knicks don't get their shit together soon enough, that whole culture is going to shift to Brooklyn. No, I don't know about that. I don't Look, know about in New York City. I don't think that'll ever happen. The thing, I think nationally, yes. Nationally, I think the problem like, with people, the Knicks is that they, they mistake their fan base for tourists that are coming in to try to see other and and that's I think, just about that's that's when it comes to Madison Square Garden though. absolutely a hundred percent but like the but, fan base like you got to think about it the the Nets just came to Brooklyn like within the last decade yeah you feel me like the Knicks have been around since forever so like there was only one team in New in 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 New York City for so 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 many years so it's like it's a tradition it's a generational it's a culture of new york city that's and that's what that's why i think nets fans get confused it's like oh but we're the better team and we're yeah okay great of course you guys have been to the playoffs numerous times but it's a cultural thing in new york city the knicks will it's gonna take the you know how long it's gonna take the nets to disenfranchise the knicks from new york city and its fans it's gonna take forever and i think it would they wouldn't be able to do it in the time like the knicks are gonna be good eventually if we stay on the path that we're on it's going to be impossible. Even if the Nets are better winning championships, it's going to be impossible for the Nets to take over the city of New York just because of the history that the Knicks have within the city. The Nets just got here less than 10 years ago. So it's not, they were in Jersey forever. So that's that's why I say I don't think it'll ever, especially not now. It's not going to be like, oh, they got these three guys. They're winning championships. It's the Nets town now. It's not happening that way. The problem is, bro, like as fans grow older and as more people are becoming fans uh, in their youth, like, what I can say being a Mets fan, I've been a Mets fan since I was probably five years old, right? And in my lifetime, 2001 Subway Series, uh, World Series, uh, 2006, we make it to uh, the NLCS Mm -hmm. and lose on a fucking strikeout uh, by uh, Beltran. What what a curveball. Right. Uh, It's a good curve. in, In years after... We were an okay team after 06. We were still an okay team. And then 2015, we go to a a World Series. Now, if you're a fan of the Knicks, even from our age, 98, right? 99. 99. Yeah. And then after that, there's legit nothing. Yeah, and we we, 94 and 99 were the finals years. Right. And and after that, there's legit nothing. So yeah, it's like one, there's one not playoff, even a little bit run. of hope. And yeah. and even that playoff from what you guys lose in the second round, second round in five games, I think. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that's not good enough. But like, think about how like I like obviously I remember it was not even that long ago, but I remember that season. I can I could detail each game of the regular season that year. I was just locked in. 
even that, like, just the bare minimum. We won a playoff series against an old Celtics team. It was like, yeah, they had the big three guys, but they were all washed yeah, up. Yeah, they were done. It was like the big, it was like, you would have thought we won the fucking title. Because right. we've been that deprived. And even that, in that situation, look at how much support they had. So imagine when, even if the Nets go on a run, they win four straight titles, right? Do you imagine, do you understand how big it's going to be? Because the Knicks one day are going to be good. Like, eventually, it's, I mean... One day, even if I don't even see to like live to see it, it's gonna happen. And when that happens, no one's gonna give a flying fuck about the Nets, no matter how many championships they won with these three guys. It's just gonna be an afterthought. It's gonna be a blip on the radar. Wow, that was a fun time for you, ten Nets fans in New York City. And now the Knicks are back to being the prominent franchise. It's just, it's just the way it's gonna be. I think that depending on how the Nets carry out their future. I think that the they just fact traded that, away their whole future. There is no fact. future. That's a fact. But I'm saying in the next in the next couple seasons, how they carry out from there? Because yo, in two years, you could still trade Kyrie and get a fucking very lovely return. And I mm-hmm. think that at some point they're gonna have to trade one of those three to get back something if they're smart. You're mm-hmm. not gonna keep all three of them till the end of their fucking careers, and then you just have an old big three like yeah, the Celtics but at that did. Time, at that point, you're now you're getting you're getting penny on you know pennies to the dollar because. You're you're not in a position unless of power. you pull a Danny Ainge and fucking dupe somebody like he duped the Nets, yeah, bro. I mean, when he traded, when the he Nets traded, get duped. They don't they don't dupe people. They get duped. They got duped for James. I, don't, I still don't understand how they gave up that much for James Harden. They the the rocket the uh, the Rockets had no leverage. They just had a, a guy go out in the press conference in public and say, "Yo, I'm fuck this team," pretty much. Well, how do you feel and then, about and the then Dar- on top of that? You're gonna go and give them the, the kitchen sink. It made no sense. For me, well, how me. do you feel about the Daryl Morey news that came out where people were saying that? There's a, a chance that his whole deal that he even laid out was just for leverage. For the Rockets? Yeah. They're saying that he said... I don't see why he would do that, though. I mean, he just came from there. Yeah, but fuck It's him. possible that they still have some sort of relationship, even though they're saying that, like, um, the owner of the Rockets hates him and That's this and That's what I'm that. saying. Like, they were saying, like, they gave... They took the net. They actually liked the, the Sixers offers better, but there was no way that they were going to trade James to the Sixers with Daryl Morey, who they just who just left the Rockets. And if they went on to win a championship, he would never live that down. They don't have a good relationship. See, but I do so think I don't know that... that was... I do think that that deal being in place is why the Nets had, had to, to give that. put that. Because, yo, when you're talking about... Uh, and they're also a division rival, so you don't want to see them go to the Sixers because now they're directly affecting your path to a championship. And I don't even know if that would have... I'm actually happy for the Sixers that that didn't pan out because I don't think that James Harden on on that team really makes them... I don't know if he makes them that much better mm. than having uh, Ben Simmons, uh, Matisse Thybul, and, and whoever else they were going to give up in that deal. I think if you can keep James Harden, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. That's a that, that's that, a squad. That, that makes them better. You think so? Yeah, I'm not really big on Ben Simmons like that. I don't think he's all that. He can't shoot the rock, but he he's a fucking. He, he does everything else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, a solid point guard or point forward. I just think the fuck I, he is. It's, not, it's less about him and his fit with Embiid. I think they just occupy the same part of the floor, and it just doesn't work. I think James obviously would space the floor more, and then Embiid that just has the paint open to just dominate. I just think it would be a better fit wise. I think Ben Simmons is fine. Um, James thrives though, or I can't even say thrives because in recent seasons he hasn't thrived at all in, in this system. But I feel like James needs a bunch of shooters around. Yeah, and that's how he works best. Mm-hmm. 
because he drives a lot too. Like, yeah. like most of James Harden's points are not from three points. No, no, they're him doing that stupid thing where he draws the foul. I hate that. I, yeah. I don't like watching James Harden's game. He's like one of my least favorite superstars ever. I don't find his game like appealing to watch, at least. He's great. I'm not going to say he's not yeah, a Yeah, superstar player, but, nonetheless. But right. superstar nonetheless, but just not fun to watch. Like, I don't, I'm not, like, I was never dying to watch the Rockets play ever. Yeah. Like, and it's fun to watch him with Brooklyn because he's, he's got more toys around him to play with, but. Like as far as him, his game individually, I always just thought it was just super, just sloppy and just boring. Like, are right, you gonna dribble the ball twelve times between your legs? You're gonna travel because that's a fucking travel. I don't want to hear it. That step back shit he does is flagrant. I've seen him skip, skip away from a fucking defender and shoot a three. Tatum and started to me, doing to me, that. To me, it's but but Tatum takes one sidestep. It's like when James when James Harden does it. It's like it's like he hops back with both feet almost. Like, both feet come off the ground. Right. When Jason Tatum does it, he plants his foot, and whatever foot that is, he picks up the other one. That left foot, it's usually his left because he does it on the left wing. His left foot stays, stays on the ground after he does the step. James is almost like hop. He's like crip walking to the fucking <laughs> three-point line. My understanding of, of basketball from playing it my entire life, I, under, I always understood that you could take two steps to the basket, mm-hmm. and that's not a travel. As far as taking a sidestep... Yeah. I've never seen that as not a travel. Yeah. And in the NBA, I it's, think it's the only place that you could do that and it not be called a travel. I'd be, I'd be interested to see if somebody tried that in a college game. I don't think I've it seen never, it. It would never, it would, it would get called a travel, travel every single time. Yeah, you can't so. move like that. That's, bro, moving your pivot foot is literally what they're doing. It's literally against the rules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I never thought watching James Harden was, was all that entertaining, but like you said, all-star nonetheless, but I just think, it was a bad deal for the Nets. Like, you talk about the future. For, there's no future. But they, they better win now. And multiple. Like, they have a four. Let's say, give, let's give them four years because I don't think it'll be four. But let's give them four years. And together. if they do, if they do, they I They got to win two. Minimum. If they do they win. Sh- they better win three. Say they win three. Yeah. I think that for an organization that is is growing and they just moved to the city not has too never, long ago. Has never won a title ever in any city. I think that for that organization... You take those odds. Oh yeah, of course you do it. But if we're having the conversation against them with the, against the Knicks, like which which is the conversation conversation everybody wants to have, I just don't think it'll ever be a situation like yeah they're going to be hot for now. You know they'll make it a hot line. We'll make it a hot song. Right. That's it. Like we're like after this is over, it's going to be really hard for them to kind of like pick up the pieces, and in that time, hopefully you know down the line we've developed some players we might have lucked into a trade or drafted somebody that turned into us, like something, something's got to give. And then, you know, order will be restored in the world and the Knicks will be back on top. And then I'll be the happiest guy in the world. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's end it like that. Yes, sir. On a good note. Yeah. Uh, Guys, this is just some Average Guys podcast. We're signing out. This is Diggy Metro. This is Jordan. Peace out, guys. Later.